Hey everyone, this episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum and Auditorium in Hollywood, California. Guess what? It's still there. Believe it? I do. Uh, it is such a fun locale. If you've ever been to another Ripley's location, you know, like the Niagara Falls one, uh, they said one in San Francisco, it might still be there. I'm not sure. I haven't been in years, but uh, I always remember enjoying it as a kid. So if you're ever in Los Angeles and you want to do something fun with your family... I suggest you head to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium. Uh, it's at Hollywood and Highland, the crossroads of entertainment. They've got a lot to do around there. Couple of wax museums. One of them is so god-awful, it might be worth a trip just to laugh at how unlike anything everything looks. But the reality of it is, use your money wisely. Spend it somewhere where you're going to have a great time for a great value. And thanks to this podcast, that place is, of course, the Ripley's, believe it or not, museum and auditorium. Buy one, get one after 5.30 p.m. just because you listen to this podcast. Two for $20. What an exciting deal. If you're in over the holidays, quite frankly, welcome. I'm sorry, but enjoy Ripley's, believe it or not, auditorium. Believe it or not. Here's the show. That, I believe. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Everyone, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation, the galaxy's number one podcast in the Alpha Quadrant for podcasting about Star Trek The Next Generation that is also hosted by Matt Meyer and Andy Secunda. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. There we go. That's, uh, you, can't, you can't fault me for Very that. That's concise. all factual. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not even like saying, I don't know what's happening in the Delta Quadrant. We might be hosting a podcast over there that might be number one. You mean duplicates of us? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Some sort of rift. Would the Mirror Universe uh, version of this podcast be super, like, organized and yeah. have a lot of brevity? Uh-huh. Be personality-less. Am I right, guys? We'd hate food. <laughs> We'd hate food. <laughs> We'd be very pleasant and, uh, and Let's be polite honest. to Let's each be other. The Mirror Universe version of this podcast already exists. It's called Mission Log. <laughs> it's efficient. <laughs> it's efficient, uh, professional. Everybody's nice. And uh, <laughs> seemingly uh, both guys uh, don't have a problem uh, with cake. Yep. Uh, anyway. I just came from Smorgasburg. Yep, Andy did. I had three giant mozzarella sticks from Big Ma's. Best sticks on the earth. So good. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a grilled cheese with egg and uh, tomato and uh, so you had a sandwich. You had a sandwich. Um, you had an egg sandwich. Yes. With, uh, Stop it. From cheese. Grilled cheese. It was grilled cheese. I no. A picture. No, I don't. You, oh, you mean with anything my, else? Any, on it? Oh, some, boy, once anything go. else enters the fray, uh-huh. it ceases to be a grilled cheese and becomes a sandwich. Okay. Look, I'm sorry. I have to say it. Even just tomato? Look, if I, yes, even just tomato. 
Even just a slab of bacon. Yeah, that is a bacon sandwich. You're like asking me to go get a patty melt and call it a grilled cheese with a hamburger patty <laughs> and some other stuff. What if What if you put you have your cheese, your grilled cheese sandwich, yeah, and well, cheese okay, on it. You're grilling it. Yeah, yeah. And then you put a mozzarella stick on it. On top of it, inside it, post grill. Yes, you've just hacked a sandwich. You've <laughs> hacked a grilled cheese. Uh-huh. That's all. But if you're actively grilling it. Uh-huh. But although, you know, a mozzarella stick, which contains all of the ingredients of a grilled cheese, yeah. meaning some breading and some cheese. So you're not you're saying that a, a mozzarella stick is a grilled cheese. It's a tiny grilled cheese. <laughs> That's a controversial statement. It's a tiny grilled cheese sandwich. Uh, anyway, Matt. How would you like how would you like do how would you uh, rate your experience over there? Very good. That's great. I'm glad that you got to experience it uh, on a lovely Sunday morning. I also had a strawberry horchata. Mm-hmm. That was delightful. It was kind of like a strawberry in Nestle's Quick. Oh, wow. My buddy Zach runs that place, the Smorgasburg. The whole place? Yeah, yeah, um, mm. Is there anything that we can turn to our advantage from that connection? Uh, good times. Mm-hmm. Sometimes some free foods. So did he start it in Brooklyn, or he just runs the one out here? He started the one out here. He started, uh, Zach started a Midtown Lunch. I don't know if you remember that website. Sounds familiar. Yeah, Midtown Lunch. It was like, what do I eat in Midtown? Zach was the guy. Uh, he's out here now. That's like people hooking up at lunchtime. <laughs> no. It's like, I'm in Midtown. I want a great sandwich. <laughs> Who's got the best sandwich? Oh, I can't believe I didn't know about that. Yeah. Uh, Midtown is a tough area. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and it expanded to include many of the boroughs. And uh, then he moved out here, and there's a Midtown Lunch LA. Oh, my gosh. I got to so, look it up. Hang, check it out. That's a free plug for Zach. Go get it. Zach also has a podcast called Food is the New Rock, which I've been on. Oh, I gotta check it out. I was once on an episode with uh, Michelle Branch. That was a good time. Interesting. Matt, would you have them watch this episode, Clues, of Star Trek The Next Generation? This episode and I are very weird with each other. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah. Go ahead. Interesting. That's very cryptic. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, then, uh, do you want to hop right into the Admiral's It's one of these things, Andy, where I'm just like, every time I watch this episode, I can't tell if I hate it or love it. Yeah. It's like I feel two extreme emotions all the time when I watch this episode. I I I think I get that. I have not landed on on which one it is. I actually think I get that, because I I, I think that there's so many points in this episode where I was like, this episode is amazing, and then I'll hit something, I'll be like, "Mm, maybe this is dumb. (laughs) Right? (laughs) This is like every wall of, every emotion I can hit as a Star Trek fan. I wonder if they split scenes. I experience in this this very episode. uh, Sometimes if you're late... And uh, you're behind schedule. You'll uh, you'll gang write a uh, uh, an episode, and then you'll split scenes, and different writers will take different scenes. I don't think they would ever have done that. Maybe they would have done that. You think they would have done that? Oh, I'm sure they they we we read some episode like some episode trivia descriptions about it being gang things being gang written. All right. So. Yeah. Look, when you're behind the eight ball, you gotta fucking get there, buddy. Yeah, it's true. Uh, time waits for no man, especially not me. Well, certainly not us. No. We are but cogs <laughs> in a machine. That's right. That runs with or without us. <laughs> On deck 39, is it? We, I, you know, I always assumed, yeah, let's go to 39. Let's be on the 39. Let's be on deck 42. Let's be the tiny little deck at the bottom of the ship. The answer to the universe? Is that where it is? I think the 42 in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide is the answer to the universe, if I'm not mistaken. Whoa. 
Um, I think that I think the deck deck thirty nine came from his Riker, and some episode refers to the two idiots on deck thirty nine or the two guys on deck thirty nine. Yeah, that's us. Um, so um, that being said, but it's going to be a good ride. We're going to get there. I look forward to discussing this episode with uh, Andy. That's me. We're in this like weird zone of episodes, Andy, where these are episodes I've probably seen the most of any Star Trek episodes. Oh, really? And I don't know why. I don't know if it's because of whatever disc they were on in the in the DVDs. <laughs> too lazy to switch it. Yeah, or if it's, uh, you know, like, because you know, then we have First Contact coming up, uh, and then after that is Galaxy's Child, which is probably my second most watched ever episode of Star Trek. Galaxy's Child. It's coming around the bend, buddy. I don't think that one has been bandied about in the uh, in the disc. There, there are certain like it's Sub Rosa. There are certain names of episodes that keep coming up that are like, well, oh, Sub Rosa is terrible. Well, right, and yeah. so it's like they are attached to something. Oh, Galaxy Child. Child I'm very, but this, what I find interesting about this is um, these are kind of things that I have I've experienced alone. Uh-huh. I've never really got to talk to anyone about these episodes. Oh, because you know, uh, as I left. <laughs> Here's 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 where I'm at in my home life, everybody. Uh-huh. Uh, Dory and I are talking about names for the child. Okay, she she throws out Alexander. I go, oh, I oh, uh, no. I go, I, I don't want to do Alexander. <laughs> Why? It's Worf's son. She's like, who's Worf? And I'm like, who's Worf? And I go, how did I marry you? <laughs> who's Worf? And I'm like, well, look, uh, Worf is. Uh, I understand she, who's Barkley. I go, I go, Worf is uh, Michael Dorn. She goes, what? I'm like. Klingon, and she's still not processing. And I go, guy that's always standing behind Picard and Riker. She goes, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I walk out the door. That's where I'm at in life, guys. So I feel like she was willfully refuting knowledge of that. I don't. There's no way you could not know who Worf was. I think in the moment even she have a genuinely note. didn't know who Worf was. Wow. Um, but that being said, she really shuts it out then. She shuts out the information. Oh, I mean, I don't know that I've ever even tried to watch Star Trek with her in the room. Because, I, I mean, eventually I, I, you know, I got on board with Downton Abbey, but my ex used to watch Downton Abbey and, C- and uh, PBS stuff obsessively. Mm-hmm. And just even being in the room, I would know, you know. Yeah, you'd at least process. Like, I've processed a lot of what's happening on The Good Place. Yeah. I've never seen an episode, but Dory watches it, so hmm. I absorb it. Um, circling back just to osmosis. I mean, come on. I'm surprised you're not. Is? You don't get sucked into. Andy, will you marry me? <laughs> that would not last. Long. <laughs> <Look at that. laughs> no, I think it would because we'd have an understanding and an open relationship. <laughs> oh, all right, that sounds okay. Doesn't sound that bad. Dual. We, we basically have married each other, Matt. Dual income. I mean, just I living s- our lives. I see you more than I see any other human being in my uh, life. Well, you know, it's, it's imagine if we were we're on the same floor, but imagine if we were in the same rooms. Yeah, it would just we, we would just be endless. Do you think it's been better for our relationship or worse for our relationship? It's been better for our podcast. I think that's true because we have yeah. more things to say. Yeah, and we don't have to drag other people any arguments from there into work and vice versa. Oh, that's true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, which we would do 
I feel like we did it a few times last year. Yeah. Yeah. The, the podcast almost ended one day because of some argument we were having. I yeah. Know, I have no memory of what it was. But. Guys, uh, it won't end. Uh, oh, sorry. I don't mean to freak everybody out. No, it's not going to It's not gonna end. This yeah. was my point. You know is, why I know it's not going to end? Because secretly, Andy and I both want it to. <laughs> and what Andy and I want. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> uh, good times. I was going to say that it's. I was thinking just yesterday th- that it's the it's the most it's the biggest commitment uh, f- for an intense relationship and working situation I have ever made. Just casually, not thinking about anything. Oh, we both really jumped headlong into this. Uh, not it was like, oh yeah, sure, let's fully do that. Processing exactly what what it would entail, uh, the amount of hours it would take. Let's spend forty hours a month on that for the rest of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> the end. Uh, but anyway, that being said, I'm still. Can you believe it, guys? I'm still excited to talk to Andy about these episodes, especially this one. Yeah. Do yeah. you want to hop into the Admirals Club, buddy? I'd like to, Andy. That was, you know, I was in New York once. This okay. is that. This is that picture right there. You see that picture of the Hudson frozen? Yes. That week. That was the week. It was negative eighteen. When was it? It was the Arctic freeze. Probably like two years ago. Mm. The Arctic, remember the Arctic chill that came in and the polar vortex? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a rough time to be in New York. I wonder if I'd visit it then. Well, I wish you had, buddy. You should have looked not. me up. Yeah. Oh, we're not jumping into the episode. We're jumping into the Admirals Club. Good, Good God. I'm so bad at this. Anyway, here we go. get into the animals club man. <laughs> well since the uh, first part was clipped uh <laughs> so i don't really hear the engines i'm gonna turn this up a little bit just on my end you should probably turn down yours a little bit too uh matt is in charge on this enterprise d of the sound of the engines yeah that's part. he's the audio that's why the engines sometimes he's the audio out, expert. go on it, it's a whole thing i was gonna ask this week i was gonna ask andy if he would mind playing the engine sounds because i play a lot of the clips here and sometimes I'm, I'm futzing with the volume up and down and as that just happened you see i don't yeah. know what's happening with my computer but uh then i was like no because he probably he has things that end up getting cued and then he can't play the audio continuously totally might be a pop-up ad for bananas that we don't like uh, sure. know where it came from he might be the millionth visitor to a website and be awarded a free walmart gift card if oh, you just follow nice. the link oh, i wish <laughs> Uh, you ever see that um, Michelin Web sketch? Which one? Where um, they were, <laughs> there are these uh, three rich gentlemen on a yacht uh-huh. who are in charge of, they're waiting for the one millionth visitor to the website to oh, to give them a free boat. <laughs> you know what? I don't think I've seen all of them and I always enjoy them. That's uh, It's a great sketch. The one the one I know the best is the, uh, are we the baddies? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, essentially, it goes. Uh, oh, oh, it's almost here. Our millionth, our millionth uh, visitor. Uh-huh. <gasps> They're here. All right, send them the message that they've won the boat. <laughs> well, something happened. They've they've closed the message. Well, let's try it again. <laughs> like it's that kind of a thing. Anyway, uh, you leave a five star review <laughs> on Apple Podcasts, and you're welcome into the Admirals Club. I'd be curious since Mitchell and Webb has come up, mm-hmm. what people's take is on it. Feel free to write in uh, because I was thinking about it recently. Who has a who has a negative take on Mitchell and Webb? Well, here's the thing: 
Um, what's the other one? Peep Show? Peep Show, yeah. Peep Show. Peep Brilliant Show. Is a, is a conceptually very different from... from totally. Yeah. But, uh, but Peep Show at least feels like it's more aggressively subverting... Uh, sitcoms. Yeah. So it's going after a specific thing that is very hip. Whereas Mitchell and Webb reads to me very much like almost dated old school sketch comedy that I enjoy. Totally. But I wonder what the modern viewer or listener's take is, viewer I guess it would be, on their sketches if they feel like, oh, they are a little dated, but I enjoy it. Or they're broad, but I enjoy it. Like what their take is. Oh, I think they're all broad and brilliant. Yeah, I agree. Like fucking, I don't know why Number Wang is funny, but it is. Number it's Wang always going to be brilliant. funny. Why is that always going to be funny? It's just a game show. I mean, it's like, I've never seen a game show sketch before. Yeah. Come on. It's amazing. Point is, this is not about Mitchell and Webb. This is about Star Trek The Next Generation. What are our admirals Hey, maybe we should say? do uh, Mitchell and Webb something for the... Uh... I don't know that that would be that interesting to hear two comedy writers critique a uh, yeah, sketch yeah. comedy show. Yeah, I guess it would be mostly us. Yeah, that was I funny, was, too. I would, I would hate us more than I already do. But I do feel like the uh, the thing that is... Uh, we, oh, I've meant to talk to you about this before, but I feel like the vibe I'm getting... From? From Patreon. Yeah. Um, is first of all it inside was baseball? Here we go. Eighty percent. Uh, I'm pretty sure, almost eighty percent. Uh, and the marveling voted for marveling. Um, <laughs> almost eighty percent of the marvelers voted for marveling. Eighty percent of the president circle voted for marveling. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And did the twenty percent feel trapped? The, they may have. They feel trapped by the. Uh... They may have. The, you know, there's there's votes for the other stuff. What is what's the, got the second most 78%, votes? Seventy percent uh, episode of Family, the TNG themed episode of Family Guy, which also gets a lot of votes in the. Well, that one we should maybe think about just kicking them. Well, as a, as a thank you. Well, this is the thing that I was going to. Well, we that's another thing we could do. Here's what I was going to suggest. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's always there was a lot of uh, aggressive reaction <laughs> to. Uh, we thought we were doing a, a big service to people. Throwing up Discovery, um, it's no, a Star Trek show. We didn't. We didn't. And then everybody. Andy did. I did. Uh, honestly, I did. And uh, and then uh, and then there were some detractors. It's still forty four percent for Discovery by by a landslide. They're, they're, they've sure. Won. If you're a patron, this interests you. If you're not, we'll sign up. Then it'll interest you for the lieutenant's level. Uh, the Orville still got twenty nine percent. Uh, here's my thought. You're, you're just here's the problem with switching it up like that into discovery for these uh, people who are like me. Yes, they're nerds. They they want to be completionists. I think that's true. You don't want to you don't want to swim upstream when we've been heading downstream very nicely. But I also while. think we've hit the 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 part of the Star Trek watching public that was down on Discovery. So. I think that's like they're like no I don't want to think about Discovery I want to think about TNG that's true I, I see that totally I get that we still still majority wanted Discovery uh, in the president circle but my point is this I feel like the thing to do is keep marveling I'm proposing this mm-hmm. keep marveling because we enjoy it and most of them seem to enjoy it Andy are you proposing to me because I already asked <laughs> we're already basically common law man and wife and I'm the son you can be whoever you want <laughs> okay fine the um and uh, and then for the lieutenants, I think we should just keep it rotating. So we'll drop the winner from each month, so it's not repeated. Oh, drop the winner from each month. Yes, and then we'll we'll add a new one and we'll cycle through. And that then maybe, means we're just gonna have to come up with new things. Every that month. is that's that is the, why we avoided it. But that's why I'm saying let's keep marveling, so we don't have to think about that one. Hmm. Anyway, I'm, I'm proposing it. 
maybe we'll hear from you guys. And I'll hear from Matt. And uh, and I have this beautiful dilithium crystal themed ring. Oh, that... I will cherish it forever. <laughs> All right, we've wasted so much time. Oh, Let's just get to it. And this. that is part of the joy. From Wally. Oh, shit, I meant to start this. Uh, Andy, in your head, add okay. seventeen minutes to that. <laughs> okay, what is that for? It's uh, just a clock, so we have See, it to know no, how long we're right. going. All right. Uh, I got to get a prescription before the pharmacy closes at six. I'm out. All so, right, and I need it for tomorrow. I don't think we should have a problem, even though we've. You never know. Really, this has been you never super. Know. We're really verbose. slogging into this. We thing. really are. <laughs> Stop having a good time talking to each other and get to the emails. Um, that is the other advantage of not seeing each other at work. We actually are excited to see each other. Mm-hmm. So much to catch up on. Wally Two Tone says five stars to the right and straight on till morning. Respectful, insightful, and on topic are all things that wouldn't be no, wouldn't, not us. Uh, have been, I guess, considered more important. Wait. That wouldn't been considered important. Wouldn't have been considered important. I'm not leaving words out. I think this this gentleman did uh, by <laughs> Matt and Andy. But we still love them anyway. I was I was I was taken way to, to task way last to, way week. To take down two tone. Look, I was taken to task last week and nerd bullied in a podcast way by by Matt reading uh, aggressively. Wait, wasn't your voice gone last week? No, I was just having a meltdown. Oh, no, that's what it think. was. Your brain was broken. That's true. That's okay. Um, it was, it wasn't functioning perfectly like it is now. Anyway, uh, respectful, insightful, and on-topic are all things that wouldn't have been considered important by Matt and Andy, but we still love them anyway. Hmm. Matt's wealth of knowledge on the subject and Andy's ability to ask all the wrong questions <laughs> make for wonderful weekly adventures that bring the people together uh, to cheer for two unlikely heroes. Thanks for all the free funny. Thank you, Wally Two-Tone. Um, and uh, our other one is from Regulated Express... Ion model. Uh huh. What is that a reference to? Any idea? I know. Uh, Rio? How would that be spelled? Rhyme? Or maybe it's regulated expression model. Um, I don't know. It's okay. Anyway, it's okay. We don't have to decipher everybody's this screen name. Individual just says the best. Despite being my favorite podcasters, you still owe me an apology for the five days I had Britney Spears stuck in my head. Yeah. Our apologies, our friend. Regulated expression model. Um, and with that, we can head into the uh, presidency. Oh, this is exciting. Let's just zoom for the, uh, s- the interest of expediency. I'll just head right into that door. Okay. All right, there's there's the inexplicable rain. The hollow DJ is really, really setting it up for us this oh, week. It just sounds like uh, just the most peaceful place to be. It is very circle. nice. Well, what do our presidents have to say right now? Do we have any award winners? Do we have any Christopher Pike Medal of Valor uh, recipients today, Andy? You know we do. We got three of them. Our first one is uh, Lieutenant Andrew Gibson whose question is, I'm curious, how profitable is it? I don't know if you had the answer for, for, to this, Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, for TNG cast members to do conventions. I'm assuming they're well paid because they would mm-hmm. draw in fans. Do you guys have a ballpark idea? Again, the sound of my computer. I mean, the hollow DJ has turned up this rain. Uh, Could you plug that in your iPhone? <laughs> no, because, uh, you know, the iPhone doesn't right. have a thing anymore. Um I do know how it's profitable. Yes, uh, it depends on who you are. You sure. know, say like a Patrick Stewart shows up to a convention, or William Shatner. 
it's going to be very profitable for them. Yeah. Uh, not as profitable for, a, let's say, an Elizabeth Dennehy. <laughs> well, he's got to slam Elizabeth Dennehy. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just thinking of two, 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 like a guest star. Sure. Uh, but also, but is profitable. Well, I would pay well for Elizabeth Dennehy. Who wouldn't? Lieutenant Shelby. Look, I'd marry her. But would you? I, I, I just wouldn't have her on my bridge. That'd be a lot of arguments. <laughs> she'd be constantly overruling your I mean, she'd decisions. be going around me all the time. As, yeah. as, but you know what? A marriage is equal, so there is no uh, overruling. I guess that's true. You'd know that, Andy, if you would just be my husband. We'll see. Um, <laughs> anyway, yes, it's very profitable. I know people like Shatner, for instance. I've I've heard uh, tell of Shatner easily yeah. clearing over the five figure mark. So, but like you know, how many multiples like of that? Below five figure, you don't know. Uh, I'm sure if it's like a big, big, big convention and he's got a lot happening, yeah, a lot, lot, lot happening. Yeah. I bet he could. I bet he could inch it up to the six. Yeah. All right. That seems pretty good for a weekend. He's Shatner. For a whole weekend. It's Captain Kirk. Or just for a day. No, a weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty nice. Uh, Stephen Price writes, Matt, favorite section or component of the Enterprise 1701D? Could be a deck, could be a single room like 10 Ford, could be a single piece of technology like turbo lifts, whatever. For me, it's got to be Jeff- Jeffrey's tubes. I was just going to say that. Oh, interesting. I've always found the idea that there are small quarters connecting all parts of the ship fascinating, and I like seeing episodes where they're utilized. Uh, then you, my friend, are going to have a great time with Galaxy's Child. Me and you are going to enjoy oh, really? Galaxy's of- Child. There's some Jeffrey tube action. Is, are there people escaping? I bet there are people escaping. Uh, no, I think they're just actually using them for their intended function. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. is interesting. Uh, but yeah, I love a Jeffrey's tube, and I almost, that was going to be my answer, but since you took that answer, I think that uh, I'm going to have to make my favorite area on board the Enterprise D is probably... Hmm. I'd like, <laughs> I'd like to find out a little bit more about Guinan's quarters. Yeah, that's that seemed very. It seemed the one, the one time we see Guinan's quarters, uh, which isn't Andy until Star Trek Generations. Oh, um, interesting. It just seems like a really cool place to chill, light a candle, and have a good night. Is it just real like yoga den yeah. kind of deal? Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it'd probably be a replicator. It should come as no surprise to anyone. And then Lieutenant Linnea Thunsel. Oh, hi. She's hi. a big uh, egghead, too. She says, hi. So, hi. Sorry, I have nothing really to contribute, but I really want to win the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Well, you have won it. You Way to it. go, Linnea Thunsel. Good job. And with that, we are done with the... Well, all right. Let's head on back President out. circle. Head out of here. Let me just open this giant cargo bay door. Okay. All right, and uh, I suppose we should head back into the hallway, Andy. All right. And by back into the hallway, I mean, I guess we are going back. We start initially in the hallway. Sure. Yeah, so here we go. And that's the Admirals Club. We did it. Captain, we are being hailed. All right, the hail bag is open. Uh, first one is uh, from Brian MC, who says, is regarding Data's Day. And uh, he says, hey, Matt and Adam. <laughs> hey, I haven't read this one before, have I? You, re- day. Well, you read Matt and Adam last week. I know, week, I wonder if somebody else what did. What if this is his thing now? 
I think this is from a different person well, who made the same let's joke. Let's start to hear it, and I'm okay. going to listen. And I'm going to day to day, one of my favorite episodes for yeah. much the same reason that Matt likes it: seeing day to day, the day to day life of a ship's officer. Uh-huh. I was a ship's officer on a science vessel once. No, then we haven't heard this. Upon a time, yeah, it didn't sound. And it is very surprising how similar this is to life depicted on the Enterprise. So much so that I would bet it is currently the closest you could be to living the Star Trek life except for the whole not being in space thing. Matt, mm-hmm. I thought you might find it interesting to know what could have happened before Data took control and dimmed the lights on the bridge of a science vessel. As an officer of the watch, he likely arrived on the bridge a little early to ensure a bit of overlap with the outgoing watch. During this time, he would have read the standing orders to find out what the captain expects uh, that evening and where the ship is supposed to be when the next day work resumes, assuming there is a night and day shift. Mm-hmm. He would then verify the position, course and speed of the ship himself and compare with the logged information to ensure everything occurs. With permission of the current officer of the watch, all the primary navigational equipment, equipment uh, would be checked for functionality and any defects would be clarified and documented. He'd look for traffic in the vicinity, check the communication frequencies, and listen to any general broadcast for important information. He would confirm all these findings with the outgoing officer of the watch, who would likewise conform- confirm that data is fit for duty. Oh, is that a thing that happens? Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. me, not him. Sure. And make a final handover log entry. Data would uh, clearly state and log that he's taken over the watch and confirm with that his quartermaster and any other possible bridge crew are informed and ready for bridge duty. Finally, he might call other areas of the ship, like engineering, to ensure there are no concerns. If there was no science work to attend to, uh, he then might sit in the captain's chair, dim the lights, and put his feet up. Being an android, he could forego the coffee, push-ups, and fresh air needed hmm. to stay awake until morning. Enjoy the upcoming holiday season, Brian MC. Brian, thank you. That was a great email. That was and protocol frankly, heaven. I want to get on a science vessel. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, it's interesting, the science vessel. I, they must have those big discs on top. You know, I, I was asleep sometimes to the sound of a, a Russian... Uh, ice breaking vessel oh yeah like going Jesus through the ice in the winter through it oh yeah that must yeah, be nice that one i put that on sometimes to go to sleep um the next one is uh, greetings gentlemen you've made it clear that you strive for as non-offensive a podcast as possible here are a couple of clips that could be perceived as andy being a holocaust denier <laughs> <laughs> and matt sounding a little bit racist <laughs> If I'm being too sensitive, I won't bother you again, but be aware that the undertones exist. Oh, crapola. I believe I remember both of these phrases. Do you? Um, I'm sorry. I had this open and then they I all I think closed. I got Andy on when I said uh, something was great until the Jews happened. <laughs> right? Is that right? Well, it was like, uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. I think I was trying to make you see that um, Chief O'Brien was still being racist. <laughs> The, he remember I don't when remember. he said uh, I don't hate you Cardassian oh right <laughs> yeah okay well here they are Let's, I ho- I'm, I'm hoping that's it otherwise he's gonna have a sequel I to this. the holocaust <laughs> he's just chopping words it's just hear it again I deny the holocaust <laughs> I mean it's hard <laughs> that's to, amazing it's uh, I'm, the I'm effort caught, the effort I'm caught red handed right here I deny the holocaust <laughs> it's so true um, and then here's Matt sounding a little bit racist I'm racist. I'm racist. I am actually racist. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Well, weird that mine was much easier to find. And that is from <laughs> uh, that is from uh, Zach Fortney. Uh, thank you very much, Zach. Oh, sorry, Zach, Zach in Arizona. 
Sorry if we weren't supposed to have you, but tough luck. Well, Zach, if you're in some sort of witness protection program, Andy really blew up your spot. <laughs> you really shouldn't have sent your full name into the podcast. That's kind of he on He doesn't. You. Google does that. Oh, really? Yeah. He, just, he didn't sign it with his full last name. It's your choice to keep that on the thing, though, right? Is it? I don't it know. It wasn't in the email. Oh, well, then that's on you, Zach. The Wounded, uh, this is regarding The Wounded, um, uh, from Brandon, who's President Circle member. What episode goes up tonight? Oh, is it this one? No. It might be. Um, let's see. Oh, man. Oh, Andy, don't worry. I can check. Okay, all right. Um, oh, the last one was the Devil's, one Devil's Do, of course. Devil's Do. Oh, Devil's Do hasn't gone course, up yet. Of course. Oh, interesting. Um, okay, so, uh, guys, this episode could have been much better uh, if they'd taken on more of the Phoenix's crew and how Walker manipulated them into fighting the Cardassians. It becomes a much better episode, but it's as though the lone, but it's as though he is the lone person on that science ship. Very true. I, I agree with that statement. I agree with it too, and that's why. But it's like, how many people can you service, though? You know what I mean? You're, you're really what you're following along is the the person we know, yeah, dealing with the captain we don't. I mean, and also we don't know if, and and that's part of the problem here is we don't we don't know if the captain of the Phoenix was lying to everybody on board that these were Starfleet orders. You know what I'm realizing? I think th- there is a whole plot line. Um, I don't think this is a spoiler, um, but if you want to avoid a BSG spoiler, forward 20 seconds, um, where uh, there is another ship that has a little bit of the same distinction mm-hmm. um, from the Enterprise uh, as Walker's ship does in terms of war, and we follow them and see what's going on on their ship. And that's what that, that question made me. Or that oh, a whole episode is yeah. done like that? It's just like you really see the interactions of the crews and why people are following the other captain. A and particular stuff like episode. That. Yeah. That's, a, that's Actually, a couple of episodes. Way to go, Ron Moore. Ron Moore did a good job. If only Matt would watch it. Um, okay. We're done. Hey, look at that. I can't believe it. The hailing frequencies are going to be closed by Andy in a second. They yeah. sure are. Get ready for it. <laughs> it's going to happen. Frequencies closed, sir. Andy, uh, right on schedule. We're at 31 minutes, and we're jumping into the discussion of okay. Clues, which aired the week of February 11th, 1991. Andy? Matt? What was happening? Gonna Make You Sweat by CNC Music Factory. There it is. Once yep. again, number number one, America, you did two weeks of this. <laughs> Will this be our, our entry music in uh, we have live shows? No, no. This is what we, once we um, kiss uh-huh. and after the I do's, uh-huh. we're going to walk out to the song. Oh, nice. Got it. <laughs> I like that it, the volume voluntarily jumped up there. Again, um, I'm sorry, everybody. I don't understand it either. Um, popular on the U.S. Airways. Well, in the U.K., 3 a.m. Eternal by the KLF. Featuring the Children of the Revolution top the charts. I have no idea what that is. Uh, oh, The Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss was a bestseller. Again? Yeah, crazy, huh? What a week of repetition for these people in America. It was the last of his books to be published in his lifetime. We, we said that last week. Did we read the wrong week last week? Oh, you're, you're reading February 4th. Oh. You're not reading February 11th. Really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was the right episode number. Uh, Andy... 
you're reading the wound the the devil's do the 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 history unless Larry Nemechek is wrong no I think I I think I am wrong it's okay because I figured it out with my ears well then why is oh my god my dream right now is that this song is not the correct song uh, <laughs> we made them listen to this for no reason. Yep. <laughs> All right, let me look up from Matthew Kirk. This is not on him. This Matthew is Kirk, fault. of course, is our his ship's historian. He likes to go back into the 20th century uh, archives on board the Enterprise and tell us what was happening on various dates. Of course, uh, I think we all remember February 11th for a different reason. W- why? I don't know. <laughs> Clues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in trouble finding this. It's okay. I'm just going to talk you through it. Oh, All you have to do. I, I've really been off my... I mean, I've been off even my bad game. Even the low low standard I've set, I've somehow hit lower. Um, so it's like watching the Jets play football. Whoa. And they're expected to lose, but they... Not only do they lose, they set a franchise record for losing... Is that what happened? I'm just asking if this is what it's like when you're off your game. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't know that I would even as a Jets fan, I don't know that I would say that my my performance on par is different than the Jets. I don't know what to do. So it's hey, hey, scroll up. You have up. the Devil's Do one up there. I know, but so, I'm looking at so Matt if we Kirk. Re- look, go click on that one. Hang on a second. This day, because yeah. if we read that one, do this one. We'll just read the next one. Day is day, devils do. But I mean, it. He changed the name of the thing. The same track, so it should come up with the same track. Well, guys, I suppose we all will never know what happened. This could be cut out. Oh, it could be, but it won't go. be. I know. I don't know if I have it. I oh, think no. there was some... Uh, somewhat. Some I think there was some kerfuffle with dates at some point, and I don't know if that had... Well, okay, up. guys. Let me tell you about February uh, 11th, 1991. It was a Monday. Uh, hello, Aquariuses, who were born out there. Uh, and uh, also some interesting f- uh, fun stuff. The president was George H.W. Bush. Uh, famous people born this day include uh, Christopher Drew and Shayna Shake. Guess what, Andy? Number one was Gonna Make You Sweat by CNC Music Factory. 3 a.m. Eternal still holding strong. Uh, oh, hang on. Is it the same? It's not the same, but we did. We need to get more music happening. <laughs> oh, because all the information is the same thus far. Oh well, let's see what's different. Uh, Trouble in Mind, directed by Alan Rudolph, was one of the most viewed movies released in 1991. While The New Russians by Hedrick Smith was one of the best-selling books on TV, people were watching eggshells. If you like playing video games, you're probably playing ABC Worldwide of Wide World of Sports Boxing and ba- or Banishing Racer. There you go. Don't remember either of those things. So I this, like this sports, but I didn't play those. This is the extent that Matt will go to to avoid cutting something out. Yeah, just finding my own information <laughs> elsewhere and and just you know just making it smooth over. Is editing that difficult? Thirty-seven. It just is adds. It, that it rough? just. It just adds the time. It to, just adds that much more time to the night. 
for me. Gotcha. Well, my apologies. In fairness, this is going up next week. Maybe it was cut out. Who knows? My apologies to Matt Kirk if uh, if you sent it to me and I'm just it's just not coming up in my inbox. I've searched in any way, every way I know can. I know. I know possible. I know can. And if you want to send yours in to thisdayintrek at gmail.com to Matt Kirk, uh, your thoughts in advance on uh, the episode, the episode's week, um, at that point in uh, history, uh, feel free. Maybe you have a fact that Matthew hasn't quite collected. Uh, so clues, uh, start eight four four five zero two point seven. This is directed by Les Landau, classic, uh, uh, not a classic Trek director, a uh, perennial TNG director. Uh, Bruce D. Arthurs and Joe Minoski did the teleplay, and this was a story by Bruce D. Arthurs. Uh, as the Enterprise is on its way to investigate a mysterious planet, a wormhole suddenly appears in the ship's path, knocking the crew unconscious. As they begin to come to data, he was immune to the wormhole's effects, tells them only 30 seconds has passed. Soon, evidence mounts that the crew was out for much longer. An entire day, in fact. A twinge of pain in Worf's wrist reveals a recent fracture. A botany experience records a full 24 hours growth. And the ship's chronometer has been tampered with. A check with data system shows nothing wrong. But analysis of the probe he sent shows it was rigged to send back false information. Picard finally orders the crew to proceed to the mystery planet over data's objections. The android refuses to say why. But what he does tell Picard that the captain himself ordered him to lie suddenly a being called a paxin inhibits troy's body data then explains the truth the horribly isolationist paxin stun intruders and send their ships on their way but data's presence foiled their plan the enterprise did go to the planet but the paxins demanded the starship be destroyed picard though won uh, agreement to a short-term memory wipe for the whole crew with data ordered to keep it a secret. During the second visit, Picard assures the Paxons that the bugs of the plan have been worked out so that their existence will remain a secret. There you have it. Yeah. I guess that's a pretty good summation of what was happening over here. Uh, (sighs) We start this episode in a very promising way. Some leisure time for the crew that we've come to know and love. This this is these are part of the scenes that I was like, uh oh. You said you said uh oh on this? Yeah. The Not Tai me. Chi scenes? Not me. These people playing doing Tai Chi? I think they're doing a wharf version, like some sort of Klingon. Also, this is not the first nor last time you'll I mean this might be the first time, but it's not the last time you'll see this. Since our recent I don't know. It just doesn't seem like the Klingons would have that kind of chill martial art. I feel like they would have a... To center oneself as a, a warrior? More aggressive martial art to Well, they have that self. fun program that war fights those sure, monsters that sure. look like Skeletor. <laughs> They're his greatest enemies, yes. Skeletor. a normal part of life aboard the Enterprise. I expect our journey past the Nagami Nebula to be uneventful. Um... I've, here's the, th- the first thing I noticed. Um, okay. <laughs> Captain Picard really, when recording his captain's logs, mm-hmm. really tees up information that he never delivers. Like, for instance, yeah. have a listen to this next line. And I'm personally using the time to fulfill a promise to a colleague. That is <laughs> the end. So, like, someone's going back to that log. Goes, well, what the fuck was he talking about? <laughs> what promise was he fulfilling? Who was the colleague? <laughs> Do you, you Have don't you think, seen the Enterprise's logs? You don't think it's a snippet and then this later is crazy. he goes, 
And the colleague was Guinan, who I retold. Oh, hang on, hang on. The rest of the transmission's coming. Oh, there it is. Boy, that Picard really Sorry. loves to spin a yarn. I in was a getting a tea. Log. There are a lot of ellipses here. I, on the other hand, fulfilling a promise. Does that happen in the previous episode? Does he say, I'll take you sometime? I, I don't it's remember. It's just implied. But look, I enjoyed the scene quite a bit. Did you enjoy the scene, or were you still worried because of Tai Chi? I think the Tai Chi plus this Dixon opening, uh, I was going to... Uh, <laughs> Very fair, by the way. Fair yeah. response to both Dixon of these things around. happening. He's occupied at the present moment. Tell him Gloria's here. I thought, by the way, I Can't thought there was that. some good deliveries in this. I mean, of course, you're dealing with Whoopi Goldberg, Academy Award-winning actress. Sure. EGOT. Doesn't matter if you're from the moon, hon. Mr. Hill is incommunicado. She's a dub. That's it. Sorry, hon. That's how she's written by whoever wrote the Dixon Hill pulp novels. (laughs) She's not dumb. She's a good secretary. (laughs) Is that what it says in the Dixon Hill? I just feel like that's that's what the fans of this character will say. You know what? Actually, I think she's the um, 1930s equivalent of uh, Black Widow. <laughs> that must have been why it bothered she's me She's spying so much. on Dixon Hill. For those of you who aren't in the president's circle, I was complaining. When the boss that, uh, doesn't want to be disturbed. The Black Widow didn't have a, only had clerical work to do in Second Iron Man. Until she doesn't. Then she does spy stuff. You know, someone pointed out to me that the, that the reason that that exists is... Because most many of the people watching the film uh, aren't familiar with the Marvel Universe, therefore they didn't know that that was Black Widow, and therefore it's a bigger shock later when you see her not be. I didn't know an it was assistant. Black Widow. No one knew it was Black Widow until, unless you were right about the movie. Oh, I feel like I knew immediately that it was Black Widow. I didn't. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. And Nonetheless, I think it still would have been cooler to see her do more covert stuff leading up to the reveal. Like steal some of his blood. Yeah, whatever. Be disturbed. Yeah, that would have been great. That's a great idea for a scene, Matt. Then you really think, oh, is she a villain? Is she a good guy? Yeah, yeah, That's a good idea. But look, there wasn't time. There was time. They had had time to have her show her getting a table. Look, Justin Theroux was busy (laughs) doing sit-ups between writing. Time for for what's his face? He's like, I have to do some sit-ups, then I'll start writing a scene with Black Widow. Uh, Justin Theroux's life. I know, he's so goddamn handsome and talented. I have an appointment with Mr. Hill at 2 o'clock. It's 2.10. So I had a little trouble getting into the dress. It took me a little while to figure out just exactly what I was supposed to do with these. By the way, if I was on set yeah. for this, I would be like, we don't need this insert, do we? Right. Can't we just go to a medium shot and see it? And they're like, no, no, we're going to get the insert. And I'd be like, oh, what a waste of time. And then when they cut it in, I'd be like, huh. I guess they did use it. That's my whole brain. That's what it's like with me on set. Matt doesn't like it to be cinematic. <laughs> I just don't need an insert <laughs> of Whoopi Goldberg orders. By the way, also, I want to point out Les Landau, if you're watching this, look at the fucking Dutch angle he's on in this. That's true. It's insanity. Very nice. It's got the the the, the shadow of the, the ceiling fan. The ceiling fan in the background. Uh, oh, nice. Gloria. Gloria. From Cleveland. From Cleveland. It's a long scene. It, it is a long scene. It did not need to be this long. He's never heard of me. I think it could have started there, by the way, yeah. 
think of all the stuff that happens later. Do you want to spend more time on that? I don't know. Maybe not. I'm supposed to be Gloria from Cleveland, and I was supposed to be on holodeck number four at two o'clock, and you don't have any idea what I'm talking about, do you? Not to worry. There was a moment there that I was like, oh, it'd be awesome if somebody like walked in and started to do stuff, and then it's like, I'm supposed to be in holodeck four, and I was like, oh, I'm in holodeck six. I'm in totally... Uh, somebody else has a 1940s thing running and I'm Someone totally else is this. running a Dixon Hill program. <laughs> that would have been great. Hey, you can't go in there. Get inside. Close the door. By the way, do you imagine in uh, when you're watching this, do you imagine that the music is coming in on the holodeck speakers? Uh, oh, yeah. Good question. I think so. It'd be nice if it was. I'd like to think that it is. Would you want that in your holodeck experience? Yes, I would. Because <laughs> there's no other reason for this to be. Who's yeah. the doll? She's a... Uh, the doll's my cousin. This is with gangster yeah. accent on the screen. Gloria from Cleveland. I'm sorry about this, Gloria. I didn't actually mean you to get involved. She knows nothing about this, Johnny. What does that mean? I like that move, too. The hands up. I like it, too. Uh, It's a good bit. Well played by by comedian Whoopi Goldberg. Totally. And Shakespearean actor Patrick Stewart. That guy gets shot, and then here's the thesis for this episode of Star Trek. (laughs) By the way, do we ever start a fucking episode, a a holodeck episode of Star Trek? Or rather... Let me rephrase this. Holodeck episodes are separate. Do we ever start an episode of Star Trek that opens with the holodeck scene without the holodeck scene hammering the audience over the head with the theme of the episode? It does seem to be. Let's all uh, eagle eye look for that uh, throughout the rest of our watching experience. And this is what you do for fun. It's a mystery. Who is this man? Who killed him? Where's the money he was talking about? It's it's a mystery. Now we have to go search for clues. Ah, and that's fun. That's fun. Forty-eight packet with white walls. Damn it! I didn't get the license plate. Captain the car. Do you like the data? Patched himself in. That was great. Nice touch. <laughs> it's all right, Madeline. I'll take it in here. Is it like that he has to call through Madeline? Yes, what is it? Uh-oh. Captain, Lieutenant Commander Data here. Please excuse the unusual interruption, but under the circumstances, I thought that patching communications through the holodeck program would be less obtrusive. I appreciate your concern, Commander Data. What can I do for you? Long-range sensors detect a T-Tari-type star within a pocket of the Nagame cloud. Well, there's nothing unusual about that. No, sir. However, the star's single planet falls within the M-class range. Do you think Data's just doing that because he's seen Riker do it so many times? He thinks that's what he should be doing? What do you mean? You know, uh, a, a human would do that for comfort. Oh, with the way he's standing? Yeah, put a leg up like that. That is a lean, really good point. He never does in. anything like that. But, you know, he's such an observant android that... It'd be a great scene of him watching, like, following Riker around and sitting down the way he sits <laughs> like down. Like, if he was just on the other side, uh, yeah. Riker was like... He was like, I'm going to do that. And like, they'd look at each other. It'd be a nice glance. But also, like, if I was directing this, I'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah. 
It's totally weird. And you know what I bet it was? I bet it's now from, that you bring up directing, I yeah. bet you that he was like, hey, can you lean into the shot somehow? Yeah, that's totally it. Because they need to frame up the guy that's... And you know what? Probably this frequently there'll be a little bit of a, a rankling between writers and, and actors because the actor will kind of go, I don't feel like I would do, like as the character, yeah. that he would do that. And the writers are usually like, can you just do this thing so we can get through this? And in this case, I think Brent Spiner would have been... It would have been legit for Brent Spiner to go, I don't think uh, Data would stand this way. <laughs> oh, then I would say, well, Data's always trying to better himself, right? He's a very observant person. He tries to do things. That well, there you go. Do. You could justify it, but and then, it struck and then I think, weird. And then I think Brent would go, okay. Yeah. He's capable of supporting life. Another new ops guy. Very weird. It's not well, the ops guys we're worried about. It's the hell. Data's usually at ops. We call the bridge crew and set in a course. Nice. I'm, uh... Sorry, Gloria, but there is a 24th century mystery I have to investigate. Uh, you are very welcome to carry on if you like. There was any world where they were setting up a romance no. between them? I've had enough. Um, I don't know. I mean, their relationship is deliberately close and vague. Right. Entering the T Tory system now, Captain. She's back. No, that's not Ensign Allenby. Oh. And someone else. But it is odd that they pick someone who looks similar to her. Source unknown. Look at Stuart's doing Stuart's it, too. Oh, yeah. Is there like a footrest in there? There he is. You got it from Stuart. Wormhole. Very likely. Small and extremely unstable wormholes have been mapped near 39 T Tory systems in the last 100 years alone, sir. Captain, I suggest we move to a safer location. It could reappear at any moment. Agreed, number one. Ensign, take us on the course. Captain. Uh, and then everyone's knocked out except Data. So then, are you back on board the episode, Andy? Yes, totally. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought that that teaser end was Captain. amazing. Data, careful, Captain. The stun effect from the wormhole was relatively severe. Apparently so. How long were we unconscious? Approximately 30 seconds. I have scanned the entire ship and detected no life-threatening injuries among the crew. You were not affected? No, sir. My positronic system is immune to the effect. This is the third unstable wormhole I've passed through during my time with Starfleet. The first was aboard the USS Trieste. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> By the way, whenever I hear dialogue like that, my brain always flips to a Memory Alpha article. And uh, <laughs> it will just like... You, you talk about unstable wormholes. Like there'll be an article on unstable wormholes, and it will say Lieutenant Commander Data passed through three unstable wormholes in his time with Starfleet. The first being on board the USS Trieste, and you're like, oh wow, it's a lot of information. But really, it's just lifting the line of dialogue out. Yeah, they organize it all and for going us. Like, though. There's the article. <laughs> um, the ensign is Pamela Winslow. Now Pamela Winslow Kashani, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, she doesn't have a second kind of claim to fame. Um, didn't seem seems like she was sort of uh, gaining strength in uh, her parts. She was in three episodes of Next Generation. This being the first, as Ensign McKnight. What a great name! I love when Andy speculates on actors' careers. And then she had a she was in another thing in Steel Big Steel Little in '95, and then not again until 2008 in a short, and then. And then she had a thing. She was Emma and Mrs. Weston, or Mrs. Weston and Emma, in 2018. And she had a part 
in 2018 in a pilot called Melange. And that's it. All right. She seems to pick and choose when she wants to act. Yeah. Uh, I still am baffled by why they didn't... Like, even with her. Just like, all right, establish the character and well, keep her there. That's why they bring Roe in in season five. We're like, we got to figure something out for this spot. Oh, is that it? Oh. She's that position. I don't remember her being the helm. But it makes sense. Weird. You can't wait for her, yet you can't remember what you did? I remember liking the character and the actress. I don't remember the specifics. <laughs> I think I like this. I don't know why. I didn't remember the helm. The helm wasn't important to me until I started this stupid show. Almost a day's travel in 30 seconds. Sir, I cared about the story, man. That's true. With Starbase Which I also don't remember. Space signal to adjust for the time distortion. Wouldn't him aligning the clock for, with the, with the Starbase add the day to the calendar the missing day oh yeah this is always the confusing part about this for me and I don't know how they cover it later they do the thing they talk about the chronometer it's a little confusing so later does he say you've been asleep for two days uh, like at the end, I don't remember. Solution? Like, how would they ever? Like, if they jump forward a day and they erase a day, like you're saying, everybody else will know that a day hasn't passed. Well, as, as soon as the Enterprise, someone on the Enterprise uh, sends a subspace message home to wish someone a happy birthday, they'll go like, "You're a day late." You'd be like, "What?" Right? Yeah. You... Wormholes don't, or do wormhole, wormholes rifts in time also, or just no. space? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. My worm hole? Uh, no, but I mean, if you're going to... That's a good question. Is it a temporal rift, too? Is that what they say? Let's proceed. Pay attention. Yes, they can do both. Captain, this is Crusher in sickbay. Go ahead, Doctor. I'm getting scattered reports of minor injuries. What's happened? The Enterprise just jumped through a wormhole. Apparently, we were all unconscious for about 30 seconds. Is everybody all right there? There's little or no damage on the bridge, Doctor. Acknowledged. Crusher out. I thought that was sort of an interesting thing because sometimes she will call up and go, yes, I know what's going on. And in this case, she had no idea what was going on. Check impulse engines and warp drive, sir. They appear to be unaffected. Shields and weapon systems are fully functional. Counselor, you all right? I think so. Yeah, a wormhole could also connect two different points in time as well. Well, there you go. It'll pass. So that should have been the explanation. Well, not too bad, all things considered. We're lucky we didn't end up halfway across the galaxy in the middle of next week. That was never actually a possibility. The wormhole's small size and relatively short period would make this a local phenomenon. There's still the anomalous M-class planet we were going to investigate. Do we go back? The unpredictability of the wormhole would make an investigation a hazardous one. A probe launched from our current position would be more advisable. Make it so. We. <laughs> it's a probe. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I like the. Uh, seemingly, they cannot have a now a Chief O'Brien episode without mentioning what's going on at home. <laughs> yeah, they're it's, all it's over fascinating. It. Broken, Chief. But those ligaments around the elbow have been twisted pretty severely. What on earth were you doing when you fell? I had planned for Keiko. It's part of a running project to give me a green thumb. How's it working? Everything I touch seems to turn brown and wither away. <laughs> Alyssa, would you get me? So oh, never mind, I'll get it. 
Poor Alyssa. <laughs> well, look, Nurse Ogawa is uh, ready to help, but uh, I think for once, for once, Crusher realized, uh, I'll just do it. Sure. Um, so do we, is that, is this story that, that, uh, that O'Brien says, is that true? Or is that another thing that happened? Like he injured himself because he was hanging a plant? Now you think it was true? I don't know. I guess it's never addressed. You again, know, in right? my brain, I don't know that it. Had ha- I I thought it happened after the wormhole, and it was just an excuse to get Crusher into that room to see the spores. Oh, that would be crazy. If that if that's the case, I assume this was another wormhole accident. Like he passed out. No, he says he, he that was the last thing he remembered was hanging the plant. Oh, and then he fell. Yeah. So then I'm guessing Captain Picard said to everybody on the ship, everyone, remember what you were doing right before we passed through the wormhole the first time. Mm-hmm. And go back to that position. <laughs> so Right? Is that what I happened? Yes, I have no idea. Don't go away. Kling, kling, ding, ding, kling, ding, ding. This is why you tune into this Star Trek podcast. Kling, ding, ding. <laughs> uh, okay, let me just jump ahead here. Didn't your readings indicate a class M? So they get the they get the information from the probe, and it is not what they thought it, is it would possible be. The sensors were affected by interference from the wormhole commander. It is clearly not a class M planet. Mr. Data, run a full diagnostic to make sure that the wormhole didn't permanently damage the sensors. Aye, sir. Ensign, take us back on a course. Captain. Problem number one. It seems awfully strange that a malfunctioning sensor would give such a specific misreading of a planet. I would have thought that a time-space disturbance would have caused a lot more confusion than that. It is conceivable that the sensor... I see what he's saying. Picked okay. Up the after image I was going to ask a question, planet but ...on the I other side it. of the wormhole. We could survey the nearby stars for such a planet. It would require approximately six days, sir. No, no, we don't have time for that. We've encountered a minor mystery, one that has been solved to my satisfaction. Number one, unless there's a major objection, then Ensign McKnight should put us back on course for Evadne 4. Ensign McKnight! Aye, sir. (laughs) Sorry, sir, I I wasn't listening. You weren't talking to me. You did just say my name, but, like, you were just doing your own thing. What do you need me to do? (laughs) (laughs) I was just playing Minesweeper on this panel over here. This is ridiculous. Including Commander Data. Jean-Luc, I'm telling you, this is over 24 hours of growth. This is the other part of it, too. It's like you pass through a wormhole. Yeah. Your brain can't process that, uh, you know, correct. She's correct. She's right. But in my mind, I guess I would dismiss that as we just went through a wormhole that like something Knocked else happened. out, and uh, is it crazy that these had accelerated growth through that wormhole? Not to me. Okay. Anyway, what's going on, Alyssa? Can you hand me that? Never mind. I'll get it. Well, I don't know. I can see what you're saying. That I would have thought. I guess. I guess what where I agree with you is that easily could have been the direction of the writing. That could have been the direction of the story. That something happened to them in there that accelerated growth and. Um, but that wasn't where the story w- wanted to go. So that being said, I think you can make the argument that it's like, this is a day's worth of growth, so something else is going on. Mm. I don't know that she's even saying 
she knows what happened. She's just saying she knows. It's I guess my question is, what happened when the ship tried to talk to the to the uh, fuck that? Sorry, everybody. Uh, when the ship tried to talk to the um, space station, starbase to get the time. Like that's where I I want to know that that I gotta listen closer to this chronometer ship's chronometer situation. Okay, because that's that's the sticking point for me. We've got a tempest in a test tube, after all. Captain. Data. <laughs> this is, this, this scene is insane, by the way. Physicist Pell Underhill conjectured that a major disruption in time continuity could be compensated for by trillions of counter-reactions. That effect may have allowed Dr. Crusher's moss to arrive at the other side of the wormhole with the unanticipated growth. Underhill was talking about energy. True. Nevertheless, it is possible that the phenomenon could occur in matter at higher levels Worf of is trying his best not to fall asleep during this. <laughs> I don't mean Michael Dorn is. I'm talking about Worf the, the character. Intriguing hypothesis. Well, perhaps we've got a tempest in a test tube after all. I don't like that they're immediately suspicious of Data. Oh, really? It's crazy to me. Because it's like, don't you want Data to be in on this mystery? But they feel like the things that he's theorizing. Th- this is how I read the scene. This is what I liked about it. Everybody is like, well, we know Data knows better. And this is clearly not a good theory. And maybe we as laymen don't know how bad a theory it is. But th- them as experts do. And therefore, they're all immediately on the same page. Like, something's up with Data. He would never think this. So that's why I like that this is a subtle way of getting him out of the room so they could be like, what's going on? It's not subtle. Well, I think it's a little... Heavy-handed? Yeah, it's, I think it well, is. Well, he is an android. He's not going to pick up on all the Data. social cues. Well, he does, I think. You think so? I promised I Mr. Nelson that you would assist him with... Because he says, as you wish, which is not... He would say, yes, sir, otherwise. Yeah, maybe. He's like, oh, if you really want to fuck yourself by digging more into this, it's on you, as you wish. Yeah, I that's, guess that's what he's true. saying. Sure. Sense a diagnostic. You'll find him hard at work on deck 36. As you wish, Captain. I also like that they gave Beverly a line, like, but Captain, it's... Oh, okay, we're doing a different thing. <laughs> you believe him? I want a frank answer, Commander. Not for a second. I'm amazed he even proposed it. What are you suggesting, Captain? I'm not sure. I, I was asleep for most of that. What happened? <laughs> Wolf, I have never known data. I think Dord had a Dord was sick this week. That's my theory. And yet. If we never went through that wormhole, then what happened to us during that day? If we were out for a whole day, then why didn't our beards grow? Whatever it was, it seems something Data didn't want to tell us about. It- this is, I think this is just leaps in logic that they're making that I don't buy. I don't know. I feel like the whole thing would have put them on their guard immediately. They all pass out at the same time. This, the things aren't adding up, and Data's acting weird. I, th- I, think I don't it's, think Data's acting I think it's weird. the kind of forward-thinking and subtle picking up on stuff that we always want to be happening when there's when there's something weird going on that the characters don't seem to be picking up on. I guess I just, so that's why in, I like it. I just inherently want Data to be infallible. 
Well, technically, he is infallible. He's following could the captain's be orders. Caused this situation also affected data, and it could be that he's telling the truth. See, he's also allowing for this that. This is all just a minor mystery. You could always check mystery. the computer's chronometer, see if there's any evidence of tampering. A transporter trace analysis. Why would that be the first thing you think to do, Jordy? What would you suggest? I, I, I just call home. I say, what day is it? <laughs> Give us another indication. There must be some explanation. Oh, there you go. Doctor, Isn't that what that is? What she said? Sorry, I talked over it. Oh, she was talking about bullshit cells aging this. a day. We don't want him to be aware of our suspicions. Okay, buddy. How goes the battle? Long-range and infrared sensors apparently suffered no ill effects as a result of the wormhole. We are presently checking neutrino and heavy particle detectors. Great. I'll take over now, Data. Captain wants you back on the bridge. See you later in 10 forward. Nelson, I need your help with the computer. Finally. Give me my big yes, shot. Yes, it's my day. Oh, much better, thanks. Well, this isn't a house call, is it? No, it's not. Tell me. <laughs> Have you ever known me to make a house call? I don't give a shit. <laughs> I fixed you as well as I can. Call it a day. <laughs> Do you ship's remember doctor. the last person to use the transporter before we went through the wormhole? Let me check. That was me. I was just having fun. <laughs> Sometimes I scare Keiko. <laughs> She's one of my technicians. Tell her to report to Sigma immediately. Electrolyte concentration? 12.5 deviation from previous. Interesting. Check the cellular membranes. I'm willing to bet that the inner turgid pressure is off by almost the same amount. 11.3 deviation from the norm. Terrific. That's what I um, I feel like uh, they brought in Nurse Ogawa to make Beverly feel better. About what? Just being a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so lonely down there. You did it. 11.3. Oh, I see. <laughs> sure. Here. Thank you, Ensign Lachlan. That'll be all for now. I don't get a line. Crusher to Captain Picard. What is it, Doctor? I need to see you immediately. I'm on my way to engineering. Join me. It's not what I said. I said I need to see you. I can't. What if I'm busy doctoring? Physiologically, each of us is on a daily cycle. Our cells have developed rhythms based on a 24-hour period internal clock exactly and i can measure that effect at the molecular level i took a trace from the last person to use the transporter before the incident and compared her cell function levels at that time to what they are right now if we were unconscious for only 30 seconds those cycles should be nearly synchronous were they no we were out for longer than 30 seconds captain a lot longer. See, I love this. By the way, if they waited, if 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 <laughs> if Data had exactly waited twenty four hours, uh-huh. then those those would have been synchronous. Is that the way it works? Because they're cycles. Uh-huh. She's saying the cycles off because it wasn't. You know what I mean? Oh, well, then she doesn't really know if it's a day. Well, yeah, yeah. she doesn't know if it's whatever the case. Uh, I really like that she checked it. I like that she's being a good doctor here. Uh, I dig it. I think it was a smart move. I think she's being a bad doctor, and here's why. Okay. 
Worf shouldn't really feel any pain in his wrist. She should have taken care of that. <laughs> that, is, that is true. <laughs> Wait a minute. So just to go back for a second, you did repair it, but I came in after this whole thing and was like, hey, this really hurts. Yeah, yeah. That is true. You didn't do such a great job, Doc. They really, they don't, they but don't no, give... Good job counting your cells. <laughs> um, maybe she's more a scientist than a doctor, you know? Yeah, maybe so. Um, or a botanist. That's true. Now, here's the line about the computer. Uh-huh. There's a security program to prevent tampering, but it looks now like it was disabled and a new program put in its place. Someone has reset the clock. If that's the good news, what's the bad news? That Data and I are the only ones aboard this ship capable of doing it. And then he walks off to nowhere. <laughs> Damn, I just nailed that. <laughs> really? I was I was rehearsing that in the Jeffrey's tube the whole time. The captain waiting stand. for the captain. And, I'll stand here. And I fucking, I, I just nailed that. And then I'll say the last thing, and then I'll walk off. I'm going to walk towards that replicator and get some lunch. <laughs> <laughs> what is he, this is what they're, their look is like, where is he going? This is a badly What is he scene. doing? Yeah. He's also <laughs> like, looking at him. <laughs> Everybody scroll to this point in the like, show. It's, he's clearly out of frame. Uh, they're really letting it land, but they're not letting it land because they haven't gone in for a close-up. What's the what's the time code on this? I mean, it's just go to that go to that scene uh, where Data tells them it's about nineteen minutes and forty-seven seconds. In. It's so hilarious, but and it's, it's just, also they they leave it the shot on them looking off to nothing for yeah. a long time. They're like looking off to Crafty to yeah. wonder if there's any more baguettes. Or I like to think that he's uh, French, Jordy just turns around and stares at them. They're both staring at him like, what? It is a mystery, Captain. Mystery. <laughs> that is an understatement, Data. Also, I just casually dropped that me and the android are the only two people smart enough to do this thing. <laughs> I'm as smart as Data. Right. High fives. But Nelson. Yeah, Nelson's true. over there waiting to get a high five. <laughs> is it possible that... Someone or something could have affected you without your knowing. I'm unable to answer that question, sir. I like that they have like one security guard in there. By Commander LaForge. A hundred percent. As you wish, Captain. Hi, guys. Remember that time that uh, his fucking homing beacon went off and he just just disabled the entire ship? Yeah. And and they just let him go to his quarters by himself. There's all this stuff that's like, he's, all right, you haven't established it. He's definitely superhuman. Maybe we should watch him a little closer. I know the way, sir. That's also a human. That's what I'm saying. That's a human prideful emotion right there. It's true. I know the way. But it's also like, why would they let him go? Well, I mean, she's on it. Don't worry. Hey, that's the lady that was standing next to uh, Riker in the previous episode when he was telling his, oh, his, yeah. weird, his weird joke. <laughs> so, you know, Jordy uh, checks out Data. I cannot tell you anything beyond what I have already stated. Counselor, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. why, why, yeah, why can't strange. he tell? The- yeah, I can't trust you, Deanna. Hey, look, I want to, I want to let Deanna know that I'm not great at checking data. He seems fine. <laughs> Captain, I finished examining data. <laughs> I love, I love uh, Dorn. Really, really wristing it up the whole time in the background like sure. the entire episode he's, he's just establish like it. nothing's wrong with the technology that I can see he's in perfect condition 
I was almost hoping that you'd find a problem. Well, he still could be malfunctioning beyond my ability to detect it. This entire mystery started when our sensors detected that planet. First it was Class M, now it isn't. Our sensors. That was a hard travel for the boom. And that's why the sound kind of went weird. Like, it had to follow them up back around really the point. set, come back around. Because I was like, wow, it sounds really quiet right here. And, uh... Yeah, I just might have just been labs, right? Lavalier mics, F1. I don't know. I don't see any packs or anything on this. But our probe clearly established the planet could not support life. Data launched that probe. If he rigged it, could you prove it? (laughs) I can't wait to throw him in jail. (laughs) He's so excited about it. (laughs) Finally, I'll take that android bastard down. What happened to us during that mission? He's had this mission ever since Measure of a Man when he failed at prosecuting Data as not human. He's like, I'm going to find a way. One of these days, I'm taking Data down. <laughs> do you think... Uh, Surely there must be some... Do you think clues? this is where uh, they got the Each idea for Hangover? think of what we were doing <laughs> just before yes. we blacked out. Reenact it if you have, Guzzler. <gasps> Gianna, are you all right? Worf's holding her with his bad hand. <sighs> yes. Yes, I'm fine. What happened? I suddenly became dizzy. I think I'd better go to my quarters. Perhaps a sick bay would be a better idea. No, no, really, I, I'm all right. You see the council to her quarters. So you know she has this weird episode. They're in the midst of this mystery. She so immediately denies going to sick bay. I'd be like, Worf, take Councilor Troy to sick bay. Uh huh. Seems fishy. That's all I'm saying. What, who are you saying is faking it? I'm saying that this weird thing happens, and she, I just don't like. She so quickly denies going to sick bay, like she so doesn't want to go to sick bay. You're saying she I seems see, yeah. suspect. Yeah, I'm like, well, I'm like, is something controlling her there though? Uh, she's just being herself, but she's getting dizzy there because of the. No, but I'm saying we know that as viewers, Picard, who's in the midst of this mystery. I think he should find that odd. Oh, I see. You're just saying send it's, her to... it's poorly written that she doesn't go no, to sick No, I'm saying he's being a bad mystery solver. But uh, but but this is my question. Is he? You, you're saying he's being a bad mystery solver because she is being controlled by the thing or that something else more is going on with her? I'm saying that regardless, let's say we don't know what's happening. Yeah. I'm just Captain Picard. I'm in the middle of this thing. You're saying something is uh, She gets dizzy at, in, at the back of the horseshoe. Yeah. I then say, perhaps you should go to sick bay. She so quickly dismisses the idea of going to sick bay. I would say, go to sick bay, then to your quarters. Uh-huh. Just, Just to, to make checked sure. out. And then, you know, maybe Crusher, while she's in there, figures out that she had been taken over at some point by an alien because of her cell membranes being right. funky. Yeah, fair. My quarters. Perhaps a sick bay would be a better idea. No, no, really, I, I'm all right. You see the council to her quarters. Aye, sir. And by quarters, I mean sick bay, please. <laughs> I just need some rest. Look at how cute they look. Thanks. Now, what is this look that Worf gives? It's a smirk of uh, that Troy. We're so different, but maybe the same. Is that what it is? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. It's very it's weird. Acting. It's a very weird moment. Deanna. Security. Override the lock on Counselor Troy's quarters. Now. 
feel like he should have a faster way of doing that as the chief of security. 100%, yeah. Like hitting a thing and talking to somebody who's hopefully at the station. Sure. <laughs> Just Wharf Override 5-1. Yeah. 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 That's Wharf Override 5-1. Yeah. Or 5-0 oh, security. I like it. I came in here. I looked into the mirror. It wasn't me, Wharf. It wasn't me. It- <laughs> now will you go to sick bay? I guess so. <laughs> now here's the thing. We'll bring sick bay to you. Here's I was wondering. Was wondering about oh, beta zoids. Whatever. Zeds um, from zoid. Beta zoids from beta Z. Beta Whatever Zeds the case, from beta zoid. Either way, um, no, it's beta Z. Um, the, the, do their this is what this this is my question was about this. Do some of their powers work visually? Because she looks in the mirror. She doesn't see a different person. She's seeing indications of a different person somehow in the image. Like a mirror isn't a different person. That's you. But you're seeing something else. I think it's like when it fit for me because of the way that uh, they handled the loss. What happened? Where she was like around people but couldn't sense anything and was very uncomfortable by it. And I think when she looked in the mirror, there was some sort of like residual sense of like, a memory maybe of seeing not herself in the time that she was out you know what I'm saying that didn't rub it's just sort of an intuitive yeah an intuition yeah okay fair enough and byproducts higher than baseline that was, it was just more of but a question a than, a, than a critique fright. all brain functions check out okay what happened Diana it wasn't what I saw it was more what I felt oh there you go I looked into the mirror, and it seemed a stranger was staring back at me from behind my own eyes. So is the thing still in her? I think it's. I think it has come back because of what's happening with Data. Interesting. And they're not leaving, right? Haven't they turned back? Wait, doesn't the thing... Haven't they already turned back? They sent another probe. So immediately the thing, the, right. the Paxons know. But the thing doesn't seem to... Um to possess her again until the light flies into her face at the end so hmm. I don't know maybe my face was you know you gotta be careful of that like light flying into Troy's face yeah it's a it's a, again and again becomes a problem Ask. I mean it, it didn't fly into her face last time did it go ahead Jordy I don't remember I found something I sir flew somewhere I'm else on my way. gave her a, a, a light baby Lieutenant the child doctor can I help you Perhaps not. Worf, you came in here for something. Someone did a bad job fixing my wrist. <laughs> not complain about the physical discomfort. That's why I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> but the captain ordered us to report anything out of the ordinary. Normally I would leave a good Yelp review and leave. <laughs> it is dishonorable to leave a negative Yelp review. <laughs> Do you recognize this planet, Data? Earth? No. Yes, sir. It is the planet our probes detected in the T-Tauri system. No, it's not. Actually, it's Tethys 3. I retrieved this image from the ship's library. Its geophysical figures have been slightly altered, but it's depth. I did a Google image search. Reverse. Strange that an obscure planet hundreds of light years from here should be picked up by the probe. Wormhole, wormhole. Data. Data, quick, wormhole. Say the wormhole did it. Take this image from the ship's library and program the probe to send it back to us. Maybe. 
cannot verify that hypothesis. But you don't deny it. Also, they don't have a security guard in for this one. And they're in his quarters. He could have built an army of Datas to fight them. (laughs) (laughs) Or traps. A series of of, uh, booby traps. That's what I would have done if I was Lore. Just build a bunch of traps on every level. That's what Troy has just had a very disturbing hallucination. Oh, yeah? Tell me about it. right, sir. For the moment. Can you tell me... Dan's incident is related in any way to this missing time period. No, sir, I cannot. Data, you are the key to this entire mystery, and you have done nothing mystery. but my every attempt to solve it. Why are you remember the holodeck? It's not by choice. <laughs> what do you mean by that? I cannot say. Would you rather endanger Diana, a friend and colleague, than tell me what is going on? Which would you place first? The welfare of a single individual, or that of the entire crew. Well, who's the individual? <laughs> are you saying that me? By not cooperating, you are actually <laughs> protecting us. I am not saying that at all. I merely state a possible alternative explanation. Then, Mr. Data, I'm going to ask you again. I'm in your chair now. I order you to directly answer me. What really happened to us? I cannot answer that. What would you have me do, Data? This is this scene. This gets this. This becomes insane. How so? Um, this whole stripping him down to his circuits to find out what happened. Do you don't think that's valid? I'd be like, sir, I'm an individual. You cannot destroy me to find out what has happened you can kick me out of starfleet and throw me in the brig well that is a question but you cannot dismantle me i guess at this point they've been proven they've proven themselves (laughs) that he is a man so or he's has his own rights Picard to say this is i think insane but i guess handle this if our positions were reversed if the argument is that he's malfunctioning or a threat to people then doesn't don't the rules change he's no longer an individual I guess he would still be an individual. Uh-huh. What is Lore now? Because well, well, Lore is a, I don't know. Is a threat. Like, isn't he like running around the galaxy? He is, but I mean, in terms of Starfleet's eyes, is he just uh, an immoral person that needs to be put away? Yeah, wouldn't you put him in jail? I guess so. If you're Starfleet? You wouldn't deactivate him? I don't know. I'm not in charge, luckily, of that court case. <laughs> I am apparently guilty of falsifying the Enterprise's records, of interfering with an investigation, of disobeying a direct order from my commanding officer. Your duty seems clear, sir. Do you know what a court-martial would mean? Your career in Starfleet will be finished. I realize that, sir. You have a bright future in the private sector. You also realize that you would most <laughs> My brother knows a guy who's trying to raise Atlantis. <laughs> stripped down to your wires to find out what the hell has gone wrong. Yes, sir. I do. I mean, what a conundrum. They would definitely do a full thing on him. Like, endless, kind of ridiculous... You know, I mean, I diagnostics and whatnot. I would look at it as like a human doing it, right? Uh-huh. 
Yeah, what, do you, what do you do? Do you do like a couple medical exams, call it a week? No, but it, but a human doesn't work like data. Like you can't look at a human's innards and figure out why he did something. Well, you can sometimes, but you generally speaking, you can't look at a human's insides and figure out why he did something immoral. You might be able to figure that out with data. Well, data didn't do anything immoral. Well, he did something dishonest. Mm-hmm. I think you court-martial him. I'm just saying, legal precedent-wise, court-martial him, put him in a prison, the end. I don't think you can dismantle him. A separate question that I thought was an interesting one that I think is pretty much raised by this uh, by this episode in terms of the whole mystery theme in the first place is... I mean, this just goes back to the whole thing after we watched the lore episode last time. Which is what? Brothers. Uh-huh. We were just like, he shouldn't be on a bridge. <laughs> He's Data. too dangerous. Yeah, sure. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. Um, but is my, my point was going to be that this mystery doesn't seem like it's a tremendous threat other than the thing that would they focus the episode on which is what's going on with data if he's not trustworthy then that's really scary and dangerous outside of that there's nothing that dangerous apparently in this mystery like nobody is immediately in danger it doesn't seem like whatever happened put it that anyone in that serious danger other than stuff like Worf's wit, wrist so it does raise the, the interesting question of like what is the appropriate behavior when Starfleet personnel face something like that is it to be like hey, really, well, what are you gonna do he inconvenienced 1200 people <laughs> for a whole day well I guess I'm saying it, before you figure it out should we go back and check out the M-class planet like clearly some fucking thing happened we don't know what happened with the M-class planet there's information that we could figure out should we just OCD lock in on this until we figure it out? Or should we get on about our day? <laughs> I think they OCD lock in until they find out. They sure do. Own subcutaneous bone fusion units. During the missing day. That's the only possibility. I like the wharf is sulky. Are you suggesting he was conscious? Nobody could have hurt I'm me like that. I'm suggesting that maybe we all were. I certainly didn't repair a broken wrist while I was unconscious. And if I had, you, I would have done it better. You than didn't that. even do it while you were conscious. <laughs> I'm still in pain. Possibly erased. By whom? There are very few individuals on board who could have broken my wrist. Data, Commander Data and Jordy. One of those individuals. <laughs> well, this is what I was wondering. Who are the other badasses on that well, ship? He does possess the speed and the strength. That he is Ground. saying could have broken his wrist. But I'm beginning to just. Honestly, Guinan probably. Yeah? <laughs> I feel like Guinan, you know, the way she stands up to Q. Also, by the way, it's Troy that did it. <laughs> yeah, but Troy was superpowered by a beam of light. Is that is Although that maybe Beta's heads are super strong and I don't know it. Or is it just some martial art where she like got the drop on him and snapped his wrist? Again, you take enough Wharf Tai Chi classes, you can eventually <laughs> teach Wharf Tai Chi. <laughs> regular Tai Chi it was dumb. He's refusing to cooperate. Because he believes that he is acting in the best interests of the Enterprise. The forge to Captain Picard. Go ahead, Jordy. I still think Our Data's acting weird. Planet, sir. Acknowledged. Maybe and I will get some answers. Answers. What do you have, Miss LaForge? Visuals available now, Captain. M class, nickel iron core, nitrogen oxygen atmosphere. Two hot dog stands. <laughs> Same planet our sensors. A third one that we thought was hot dogs, but sensors actually picked up sausage. (laughs) No indication of any space-time distortion whatsoever. The probe should at least be detecting some residual effect, even if the wormhole is inactive. That's because there is no wormhole. There never was. 
Sir? I said, that's because there is no wormhole. <laughs> there never was. I'm sorry for speaking away from you. There's <laughs> a lot of that in this episode. Transported trace. All indicate the existence of a missing day. Lieutenant Worf's broken wrist would seem to suggest that we were awake and aware for that day. Possibly in a struggle for our lives. The fact that we're still alive suggests we might have won. What if? Uh-huh. I'm pretending to be one of these three people talking to Picard. Okay. What if during that day, Worf slipped and fell and nothing happened? <laughs> okay. I mean, that oh, yeah, that's also a, a possibility. I yeah. I mean, I don't know. Necessarily, Doctor. Data's behavior. It is weird for him to hang the whole thing on that. Miles, would he be willing to sacrifice his career rather than tell the truth? I mean, his career is the most we important thing. To him. We all know that. And we didn't lose. And the only alternative would be a stalemate. Maybe a compromise was reached. A compromise that forced Data into this silence. But maybe by uncovering all this, we run the risk of upsetting the stalemate. Maybe we should leave well enough alone. Thank Possibly you, Riker. And I will be prepared to live with the mystery. Mystery. Data's role in this must be ascertained. Or he'll never be trusted with Starfleet duty again. I'm surprised we do already Thanks. after he took over the ship that time, pretended to be you, stole your authorization codes, and took a galaxy-class starship to a weird planet. Um, take us back to the scene 100%. of the crime, the T-Tari system. Sensing we night, sir. Ensign McNiggett, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so- it's soft G. <laughs> Mr. Wolf, maximum shields, ready all weapons. Shields up. Photon torpedoes armed. Phaser standing by. Ready to pew-pew at any moment, sir. An energy field has appeared between our position and the planet. On screen. Hold position. Let's see what it does. It's more of an energy cloud. That's what I was going to say. Riker, what do you think? Yeah, I think Worf's wrong. Too slow to be a photon torpedo. It might be a probe. Let's see what happens when it hits the shields. That's a weird move. Shields undamaged. The energy pulse has dispersed. Into Troy's quarters. <laughs> and by dispersed, I mean it has entered decade, section six. <laughs> Troy has the huge floral arrangement behind her head at the standard Starfleet protocol. What do you think? They couldn't get the um, the bed to rise to a point where they could shove a pillow in there? Like, uh, it just has to be like, they look at the set, they go, this is going to look real weird. There's going to be all this empty space behind them. We need to fill it with something. I guess that must be it. Why? But why choose that? I feel like it would be disturbing to have all those flowers <laughs> behind like your the head. Data's still just hanging out in his quarters reading a book. Counselor Troy. He's just catching up on Please. Gilmore Girls. The plan has failed. I think really good performance by Possessed Troy here. I agree. Even that moment where it takes over and her face changes. I was unable completely. to prevent yeah. it. But not in an overactory way. I agree. You are here. The Enterprise is not a threat to you. Give me more time. Our destruction would only... Hey, the captain wanted me to bring you to the bridge. Unless Counselor, you're doing something. if you would. Unless you're sharing secrets with the lady who's been having dizzy episodes <laughs> about this very thing. <laughs> Jordy just walks backwards up to the bridge. Captain, uh, you're going to... Something's going on with you, Troy. It be possible to salvage the situation. 
Reporting is ordered, Captain. Can I have a job back? Well, Data, as you can see, we're back where it all started. We must leave immediately, sir. Why? Any further delay would put us all at grave risk. Why? What is the source of that risk? The energy field? I cannot say. Data, you sound as if you're stuck in a feedback loop. You certainly can say. You have free will. You have a choice. My silence is I do have free will. Thank you, Quartz. But you also threatened to tear me apart down to my wires. (laughs) Choice, sir. Not by choice. Are you somehow controlled by that force? Did Jordy miss something when he examined you? Jordy's examination was exemplary. Then why are you compelled to disobey my orders? How... During the missing day... Were you contacted by Starfleet? Did they order you to conceal the truth from us? I cannot answer that. We must leave, sir. This ship isn't going anywhere. Not until I get an answer. Now, who gave you that order? So this is odd. Like, what is he... In Picard's head, why is he holding on? Like, like Data is saying, we're all in danger if we don't leave. Mm -hmm. And he's like, we're not going to leave until you tell me the truth. Why? Why not just leave and then say, we're going to go back in? Then he's not compelled. Uh It's the danger that is compelling him? Yeah. But it is a gamble to put everyone at risk when this this member of his crew that up until now has been utterly trustworthy is telling him. Except for that one time. Except for the one time. <laughs> except for the time that it was someone looked just like him that was doing bad things. Um, oh, except for those two times. Except for those two times. Uh, <laughs> um, so, I don't know. It just seems like it's a gamble. Like, yeah, I like it though. You like I like it? Picard's gamble. Okay, it's very Picardy to me. Picardy is my favorite rum. Oh, no. What happened? What, what's wrong, <laughs> Matt? You look hurt. Maybe the wedding's off. <laughs> <laughs> Still shaking his head. He can't well, it's just like not a not a not a Secunda joke. It's, it's not just a such joke. a such a me thing to I say. Know. That it just hurts to hear it from another person and just go, wow, that's what I sound like. (laughs) Oh, God. It felt bad coming out. (laughs) You did, sir. I did. Why are the trumpets playing? Well then, how come that, my how come my orders when I ordered you the order to tell me the order? Who, why didn't my didn't order or supersede my order? You ordered you super ordered before, sir. The, uh, by the way, that I should have mega super ordered. I um I knew that there was some going to be something like this where it was like hey, he's being controlled to do the thing for the crew that that they don't realize is good for them. But that was a really nice act break. I love that it was literally Picard that had ordered him. That is a very satisfying... um, Super good writing. Satisfying plot beat, I think. And it's weird that I did not see it coming. It's just like really well well laid in. I don't think I did either when I first watched it. Yeah. Love it. 
and also, that's, I also that's had... a good example of like why there's a lot of things that are just like why are they doing this and whatever but the structure of the mystery and it's very hard a big thing that we're often faced with is s- some of the people on our shows oh by the way I'm, I have not been fired from Goldberg's I was moved over to uh, some who people, asked if you got fired some people were debating have you left Goldberg's and I was like I've, I've been moved over to school oh which is he's spin-off. on the same floor don't worry and, yes. then and then he'll be back in the room gonna be moved back to Goldberg's in January um, it's so close buddy I know I'm needed everywhere oh boy anyway um so uh on these shows there's there's and it's uh, obviously it's a comedy show um but there's a feeling that uh that most people don't want to leave anything unknown by the audience at any point like have anybody have hidden motivations just like this is what i want and this is what we're doing and i'm saying it now and even when we build something that comedically is built on something that's going to be revealed later usually there's a resistance and we should just throw it out and i understand why because there's a fear that the audience is going to be like what's going on why are we watching this whatever and i think the show in general doesn't sway away from hiding things until they want to reveal them later and sometimes they fail at it, and you're like, this doesn't make any sense, this is annoying. I think they handle it real well in this episode. Yeah, that's part of... Um, Even though we don't know what's going on, it's very like methodical, and they release information at the right times, and like moments like this, where the reveals happen, are super satisfying. Well, look, this is from uh, Bruce E. Arthurs, who wrote the story, and co-wrote the teleplay. Uh, okay. He was... Uh, if you want to know this story, Andy, he was a... Phoenix, Arizona, Arizona mail carrier who uh-huh. wrote this spec script. We got a couple of mail carriers in our audience. And turned it into an episode. Like, what a dream. What a time. Can you imagine? Because they had an open submission policy. Yeah. And then they would bring people in. Right. They don't mean, have a, is it like, not an open submission policy now? No. No, no, no. Uh, not with CBS. I wonder if... And uh, helped a rewrite... I wonder if he used his his inside post office contacts to get it through the system. <laughs> get it right onto Michael Pillar's desk. I know the address. <laughs> I work for the post office. Yeah, I guess he wouldn't need that. But good for him. Good for that guy. Maintain shields at full intensity. No. We must vary shield shape and strength as rapidly as possible. Maximum shields will only speed the ship's takeover. Contact imminent. Do as Data says. At once. Aye, sir. You know, I like it. Uh, Picard's now using his gut, going like, well, then, okay, I buy that. Yeah. Penetrate our shields, sir. There is no way to counter I like Axiom's technology. We can delay their takeover. You did you pay attention during a Paxson brief I missed because that that look between Picard and Riker is priceless to me. Who, who are the Paxons? I don't know them. Do you know them? Prevent the Paxsons. Who are they? Do you want to say who you are, or should I? You have invaded our system. No, Wolf. You will only harm Counselor Troy's body. We are not invaders. We are explorers. Your knowledge of us is unacceptable. They are xenophobes, sir. Isolationists. The Paxons terraformed a protoplanet in this system in order to better conceal their whereabouts. The apparent wormhole we experienced is actually a trap. 
to keep out invaders. The energy field stuns everyone on board the invading vessel and then places them in a state of biochemical stasis. Explains why our beards didn't grow. The Knock it off no, with it the doesn't beards, explain Jordan. why your beards didn't grow. You shaved. It's a new day. Oh, yeah. It's true. I wish, I, was like, I wish I was like, no. You know, you got a re- that's a really good point. That is what happened. However, Jordy doesn't know it yet because they're about to say it a second later. But that's such a weird bit of dialogue that they included where he's still wrong. <laughs> Take the ship out of their territory. So the crew wakes up and thinks they've been through a wormhole. They count their blessings and keep going. Then we did shave. We must have shaved. <laughs> Jesus, Jordy. What is with this fascination? I just, I shave myself the old-fashioned way. Yeah. You may have uh, you may have heard Data talking about it. brain is a technology unknown to the Paxons. Our stun field had no effect on him. We used it a lot. He remained conscious while we tried to take over the ship. When I realized the crew was incapacitated, I initiated emergency procedures. Flashback sequence. Computer. How did Picard get so far from his chair? ZZ top. (laughs) Energy field strength increasing. Warning. Shield penetration 17%. Computer. Begin random fluctuation of shield frequency and modulation. Executed. I like the data can run a ship by himself. Totally. I revived the crew. Computer. Release compound ADTH into the airflow system. Five parts per million. I then explored the rest of the galaxy and completed all of our missions. And I went to see what Guinan's quarters looked like. (laughs) They're a little bit like a yoga den. (laughs) Very peaceful. Status data. The energy field is attempting to match the shield frequency, sir. Option. Her arm hurt the same way in both (laughs) get-ups. What do you mean? In the first, and when we're watching it before the break, or after of the course, right after she's the, the break, same person, she would get up the same way. No, no, I'm just saying she like she holds it like it hurts. Oh, yeah, maybe that's where she fell. I don't know. I'm just saying. Look, I don't know. I think it's a good choice I, I, by I the actress. Come off. She's doing a great job. I do not recommend weapons at this range, Captain. Come and go to warp. Negative, sir. The field is also acting as a tractor beam. Warning: shields have been penetrated. All systems are frozen, Captain. The Paxons can manipulate energy structures on many levels. They took control of Counselor Troy's body to communicate with us. Hi, I'm a, pla- a Paxon. Captain. My name is Sheila. <laughs> Should we explain phasers to Worf and the fact that you don't have to shoot them point blank at people to work? <laughs> He's going to try and stab her with it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, Worf thinks the phaser is uh, I like I like uh look at that. I like this uh, hand like I love her move there. Yeah. I, that is really that is some high level like action business on uh, Marina Sirtis's part. Really convincing and cool. Are you convinced by Worf's uh, hand injury? <laughs> it's pretty good. I w- think that was really Dorn? No. Uh not no, that cut, stop. no. Everyone. I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> He just wants to attack her. Get her! You are aware of our existence. Our attempt to place you in biochemical stasis has failed. We have no choice but to destroy this ship. If you destroy this ship, then others will come in search of us. 
You may not be able to stop them all. Knowledge of your civilization will be spread across half the galaxy. No. <laughs> That's the opposite of what we want. <laughs> and I will protect your right to privacy to the best of my ability. We will never tell anyone of your existence. There are over 1,000 life forms on this vessel. How could you assure their silence? This biochemical stasis, does it suppress synaptic function? It does. Then you have the capability of affecting memory. Can you erase the short-term memory of everyone on this ship? Remove all knowledge of this event. Yeah, but it goes back like two years. Is that cool? <laughs> All right. Allow us to proceed as if it had never happened. It would take time. One of your days. You know why they did this writing-wise, but I feel like he would have tried to come he up with other diplomatic solutions influence. before this one. <laughs> also, I like that they already know how long one of their days is. Like, does she have Counselor Troy's knowledge? I guess so. Data, I'm going to give you a most unusual order. I'm not sure that you will be able to integrate it into your program. As a Starfleet officer, I'm required to follow all of your orders, Captain. Good. I want because you to our survival make me a hat. <laughs> a really nice one. I am ordering you never to a reveal what has happened here today. Not to Starfleet, not to myself even. You will conceal your knowledge of the Paxons for as long as you exist. Do you fully understand, Data? Completely, sir. Cool, right? Satisfactory. Agreed. Good. Now, our task is to eliminate from the ship's records any information that might lead to knowledge of this incident. <laughs> it is a weird move for Captain Picard to go like, <laughs> you know what? They don't like outsiders, so we're, we're going to do it, everybody. <laughs> get, get let's get together and erase everything. <laughs> Let's get to work. We proceeded. I wish he at that point ordered Jordy to reset the ship's clock. So yeah. they blame it on Data and it was Jordy who did it the whole time. Oh, he, he was trying to screw Data? No, like they just, like it seems that he's, they're all blaming Data when it was actually Jordy. <laughs> Erase all evidence of our encounter with the Paxons. I know. I reset the. They should have just, I don't know. I don't like the solution to this episode. I like a lot of this episode. I really, like I've been saying, I like how it, how it lays out and the reveal of the mystery. I don't like this part. And the, the dress rehearsal thing that we're about to get, I guess we'll just get to it. And again, the crew was stunned into unconsciousness. Their short-term memories erased. When they were revived a day later, the computer adjustments made it appear that only 30 seconds had passed. And here we are. Here we are again. Your so they were out cold for an entire day. Uh-huh. Not only did they live that day Is trying it, to get the computer all set, yeah. but then they were put into stasis for an entire day. Yeah. I don't know why Data doesn't say we were out for two full days. <laughs> it's yeah, There's a lot of things. It's failed. This ship must be destroyed. No, wait. The plan failed. Because clues were left behind that suggested a mystery. This is what I explained to Guinan at the beginning of this episode. Irresistible. It must be solved. The doctor's incubation experiment, Worf's wrist, Troy's hallucinations, little pieces of evidence that suggested even more clues. The clock, 
the transporter trace, Data's odd behavior. If we eliminate the clues and begin again... Again? Yes. Consider the first time a, a run-through, a rehearsal to shake out the flaws. How do I communicate this to these new aliens? <laughs> you know, a rehearsal, a run-through. <laughs> We're all Second in show business. Speed. We're all in the theater of space. <laughs> we leave no clues. You are a most unusual species. Worthy of a second chance. Proceed. Just don't. Um, let's talk about this camera angle. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. I like it. Like, we've never seen this angle of the bridge when Troy falls after the packs of leaves. Trying to make it creepy. Deanna? For a half a second before they start playing the happy trumpets? Yeah, that's weird. Welcome back, Councilman. Jory, Data, reconfigure the computer and the records. Number one, I want you to oversee the rest of the ship. And the- Wolf, see a real doctor. <laughs> His wrist is still going to hurt. I'm sorry, everybody. Right. But I guess he wouldn't shut up about it because there would be no order to report anything unusual. And that's it, right? That's the end of this episode? That's it. I think so. Oh, well, no, we no, do the more. we do this little. Yeah, it's them waking up and then everything's fine. I don't like I don't like television or movies where the, the characters don't remember what happened. So it would feels save. like a waste of time to Data me. Data knows. I know that Data does, but Data's not allowed to tell anyone. So you don't want them. You don't like when TV characters don't have the possibility of reminiscing. I don't. It feels like they haven't grown at all. Like there's been no purpose. Like it's also I don't like it when stuff's been erased from the past. And I know there's been a lot of satisfying episodes like uh, Future Imperfect, not Future Imperfect. Um, Yesterday's Enterprise. Right? They don't remember what happened, or do they? Well, they don't. Guinan. Okay. Is that serious? wonder what place it thinks we want to go that only averages two and a half stars. Is it Dr. Crusher's medical office? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> um, seven miles from here as the crow flies? <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, Siri. Stop. <sighs> wow, she's being real ordinary. Uh, but what I was going to say to you was yesterday's Enterprise, I don't mind. No, I don't mind either. uh, Because the uh, time, it's not like they experience it and don't remember it. They reset the timeline and thusly never encounter it. I guess that doesn't bother me as much. Also, Guinan kind of remembers it, and Guinan, or she sort of has a sense of it. I don't know. It's an interesting question why that one doesn't bother me as much. Maybe it's just because this episode is so amazing. But I just don't like like it when I get to the end of an episode and it's like, none of it, nobody will remember any of it. You don't like a dream dream episode. I don't mind a dream episode as long as they remember the dream. Anyway, um, but all the things, you're right about the like... I don't know. As soon as they come into touch with anybody else, aren't they going to be like, you guys are two days behind? Unless, um, what does he say? What does he say here? Or does he say... Everyone but myself was rendered unconscious. My positronic system is immune to the effect. How long were we out? 30 seconds. No, he does 30 seconds Why are we again. 30 seconding? Current position. Point five four parsecs from our previous position. 
Bearing 285 Mark 147. Could be worse. Yes, sir. The wormhole appears to have been a local phenomenon. Crush it a bridge. What happened, Captain? The Enterprise went through a wormhole, Doctor. It seems the entire crew was unconscious for approximately 30 seconds. Is anyone on the bridge hurt? Apparently not. I'll start I am. <laughs> the decks. Crush her out. Status reports. Shields and weapon systems unaffected. No damage in engineering. Counselor? There's a general feeling of disorientation on board, but nothing serious as far as I can tell. Very well. There's still that anomalous Class M planet we were going to investigate. Ensign, replot a course to take Sir. us back to... It is likely the anomalous readings were the result of the wormhole's effect. It was extremely unstable. I would recommend against returning. It might put the Enterprise at further risk. Could launch a probe. That would certainly be sufficient, sir. I like that he's... <laughs> he's there's something going on where he's like... Make it so. Got an intuition still. Something's me. off. Henson, set a course for Avadne 4. I sir. Yeah, it's like, what is that? Is that does Captain Picard have a ninth sense? Or is he having deja vu? I feel like it's like it's his detective sense. Like, I can't tell what's wrong, but so something's wrong. So you're saying that Captain Picard is... Bruce Wayne. He's Batman. He's Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when he's a hero, Bruce Wayne is Batman. So. What? Dixon Hill. Oh, that's interesting. He smiles. Okay. So yeah, I don't know about the end. The end. It's time to talk about the Andes and how many Andes we get after we tell them everybody who's the MVC of this episode. And I guess <laughs> the MVC of this episode really is uh, not Doctor Crusher. Or is it Dr. Crusher? Because she first She's convinces him. She first convinces him that there is more to this. I would have thought it was Dr. Crusher because she was being a good doctor and she figures out the internal chronometer on the uh, on the patient and everything. Um, I mean, I guess, uh, I guess say it, Data's the least valuable. He caused this whole mess in the first place. Is he trying to save the crew? Though? Well, if he wasn't on board, it wouldn't have been a problem. Of even Picard is because I don't like the decision he made of saying the solution has everyone erased their memories. Um, I think it's Squeaky Wheel Crusher here. All right, I'll give it to Crusher. Crusher, Crusher, you, you did crushed it. it in an episode where you're not good at being a doctor. You're great at being a scientist. Fair enough, but I don't know. Can you really knock that out? That Look, like I think she's a lady of science. Why not? She's, she's great a at lady science. of science. She's great she, at science. She did. She figured out biological. Look, I just don't like the fact that elements. her wrist heel on Worf was so bad that it hurt a Klingon's pain threshold. Yeah, she was uh, a, a, a race of people that uh, uh, can't wait to be hit with a pain stick. <laughs> it is interesting. In the future, should. After she did her future thing on his wrist, should it not have hurt? Although maybe she has two ways to repair the wrist. I'm going to preempt any emails. <laughs> She's like, I can do it this way and we can numb the pain. And then Worf's like, never. I would not like the pain to be numbed. I'm a, I'm a Klingon. Sure, blame the Klingon. That's what I'm saying. So that's your solution. Uh, Beverly's a great doctor. You know what, Matt? You are a racist. And 
like that. Look, there's no can, proof. I've never said that in my life. There's never been a time where I've uttered that phrase. I'm trying my best to fill the time while Andy finds the email to find the clip. But uh, as we know, it doesn't. Uh, it's not the quickest thing in the world. He's also still looking for this day in Trek. I'm racist. I'm racist. I am actually racist. There you go. There we go. Uh, thank you, Matt. You're welcome. He's a professional podcaster. He bought me some time. And now... It's time for some Andes. The Andes. Or some other method of ranking. We're working on it. What do you think, buddy? I think... Is that Dory watching television or is that Siri talking? Uh, I think that this episode I can't put my finger on. I've seen it so many times. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to give it a seven. I really enjoyed it. I I know that it has a lot of flaws, but I really liked it. I'm going to give it a six Mm -hmm. because I've seen it so many times that like there's got to be a reason I've seen it more than your average episode. So it's also one point. You know what? It speaks well, well of it. It's a mystery episode, so theoretically, if you already know the answer to the thing, it shouldn't be interesting for you to watch again. So right. it must be a well well done episode. I agree with that. Or at least successful for you. Thanks, Andy, for helping me out. If you would like to send us a voice hail, you can so at eight one six Trek TNC. Our Instagram and our Twitter is at Star Trek TNC. The gentleman across from me is at Matt Myra. That's true. Um, uh, my Instagram is at Andrew Secunda. My Twitter is at Secunda. Did you see Husky found his dog? Oh, he did. I'm yeah. so glad. Our friend Brian Husky lost his, lost his dog and then found it. So that was good. I was glad about that. Me too. Um, um, our Patreon, if you want bonus episodes. If you just can't get enough of this, uh, it's patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. This month we're going to be doing Star Trek Discovery at the lieutenant's level. And continuing with our... Yeah, if you ever wanted to hear me give an honest opinion of the first oh. season of Star Trek Discovery. It's been an, it's been a point of concern, Matt. Would you be a, too much whom? of a company to man? Whom? I don't know. People have been saying, hey, is he going to... Yeah. Is Kenny be honest? Guys, is he I allowed to be honest? I don't want to do an after track. Is it you're announcing it officially? I guess. <laughs> well, let's see if you keep I mean, it will unofficially come back. I mean, Discovery is coming back January 9th, I think, right? You know, and I don't have a show to come back to. Uh-huh. So All right, tune into the podcast, everybody. All right. This is where you, where you can come. Do you, you don't, I don't know. Well, I don't know. What am I doing? I was asking about Discovery for this What podcast. were you asking about it? Whether or not we'd want to do it yeah. season two? Yeah. I just or don't wanna, season one. I don't want to jump the timeline. I know. But if you're a Patreon subscriber and you want to hear me talk about the first season of Discovery, I'm happy to do that um, because you guys uh, are our, our best fans. Anyway, in any event, it's patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. If you want to send us anything, you can send it to Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. Email us to let us know. And all direct hails go to sttncpod at gmail.com. With that... Here's the trailer for oh. next week's episode. Correct. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we actually aren't, we don't have to go into the Patreon because I counted the number of episodes we had wrong. We read, we've we read all the names, Andy. Oh, all right. Great. I counted it wrong. So okay. we have a week uh, to not do names. There you go. That's, that's, I mean, that's really something. So with that in mind, we're going to watch the trailer for f- episode 15 of season four, First Contact. Okay. Not the movie. 
It's the episode of the same name. Stranded on an alien planet. We have captured one of their spies. A case of mistaken identity endangers Riker's life. I have to get back on my ship. And survival lies in the hands of the enemy. Stop him! He's escaping! Will you release my officer? We're not giving him back. I believe that Riker will not survive the day. Starfleet Crisis on Star Trek The Next Generation. Interesting. What a way to just... Oh, you haven't watched that yet? No. I think you'll like that episode. Stay tuned for a scene by uh, B.B. Newworth. Oh, really? She, she's she's uh, uh. She guest stars in it for a scene and a half. Big. And quite frankly, I think, Andy, this might be uh-huh. your favorite scene in the history of Star Trek. <laughs> Really? Yeah, what a bold! I mean, I'm really playing it up a little bit, but you got cats and pizza in there. I think uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it. the The choice they made, ladies, the choice they made, who uh-huh. they cast, and the follow through. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> check, check, check. So curious. Yeah. So tune in for that, everybody. Otherwise, uh, if you uh, want to, I guess what I'm saying. Oh, this will this will this episode, Andy, mm-hmm. goes up on the twenty. 20- third okay. sunday night so a happy a happy wait, wait no doesn't it are we not skipping that week i thought we we're gonna skip new year's instead oh all right whatever you want to do buddy right like so, so we have this week's runs devil's due okay uh next week which will be this this episode okay uh and then we can uh and we're, we're gonna next weekend where next weekend you and i are recording patreons okay uh yeah and then we'll be back on january what is that? Seventh? Sixth? Uh-oh. I can't get my thing open fast enough. Oh, so irritating. Should I have Merry Christmas to everyone? Maybe? We yeah, sort of... I thought we this was going to come up after that. Uh, that would be January 6th. Yeah. Oh, no. No. Yes. No, the 30th. Yes, January 6th. Yeah. So I think we're going to take the 30th off. Uh-huh. That seems to be the week to take off, right? Uh, whatever you want to do. You know, because I know how much you and I love partying. <laughs> right? true. We're going to kiss each other at midnight sure that's the plan yeah uh so at least we have someone <laughs> um and uh feliz navidad to everybody feliz navidad uh, somebody taught me how to say and happy new year and i don't remember in spanish <laughs> i feel like we should have had Anya. a more festive situation happening this year i should have had more sound effects yeah last week you heard the nightmare of night before tnc yeah. uh oh did you poem. put it in? i'm yeah. going to today nice there you go um but uh yeah merry christmas everybody do you want to play Feliz navidad as we leave <laughs> uh do you have a favorite christmas song andy as someone who did not particularly celebrate a christmas hang on one second i can find one you have a favorite one yes oh what is it gonna be i can't wait to find out what it's gonna be uh you know, I think mine is Nat King Cole's Christmas song written by Mel Torme. Uh, that's my favorite. But Andy's favorite is what? You better watch out. That's uh, the wrong one. Uh. Uh. Is it Jingle Bells Batman Smells? No. Is it something from... Uh, oh, we God. Go. <laughs> we celebrate a day of peace. Happy Life Day, everybody. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you know, even if you're not on Kashyyyk this year, I just think it's important to celebrate uh, 
with your family uh, over subspace. Um, if you can't be there, uh, up in the trees with your family, then, you know, just know that they're thinking of you, too. Uh, maybe TV legend Art Carney wants to help. Or TV legend Harvey, Cor- Harvey Corman. Uh, or Darth Vader is strolling through for no reason. Or B. Arthur with their crazy cast of characters in the cantina. Oh, uh, you know, uh, the beauty of the cantina. I like to think of that B. Arthur song as the as Semisonic's inspiration for the song Closing Time. Because it is essentially, <laughs> thematically, the exact same thing. That's true. <laughs> the B. Arthur song is about shutting down the bar, uh-huh. uh, telling them it's time to go, and uh, that's what Semisonic's Closing Time is about. <laughs> I, w- I would love to have somebody uh, connect the dots on that. If anyone out there knows Semisonic or B. Arthur... Truly, truly the greatest of all Christmas songs. I, uh, look, I don't know. I don't know what Bruce Valanche was thinking when he was writing part of that. But uh, boy, that is a that is a the entire tale of that. The creation of that thing is fascinating. Very, very fascinating. Man, did they do a lot of coke on that show? <laughs> Who wouldn't? Uh, so that being said, thank you all. Have a lovely life day. Uh, Have a happy life day, everybody. And. Uh, is there a Christmas in um, in? Uh, There's one instance of Christmas in Star Trek, and it is in uh, Picard's Nexus vision in uh, Generations. Do they say it's Christmas? Yes. Interesting. Happy Christmas, Father. That's not very secular. Well, that was the you know. Listen to the commentary track of that. Oh, it's interesting. Interesting. Uh, it's about as interesting as it can be. Okay. Well, here's what I think. Hope everybody's going to have a great holiday. Um. And uh, that's the, yes, number one, have a great holiday. Number yes. two, be safe. Number three, uh, we can't wait to. Uh, God, I don't know where will we be by the end of the end of next year. <laughs> that is very optimistic. <laughs> no, I'm just wondering what episode we'll be on by then. Oh, good, it's crazy. Question. We'll probably Somebody be like, we'll out. probably be in season. Somebody in face we'll group will be towards the end of season five by then. Maybe even in, in six. In face group did the uh, did the math on how long yeah. all the stuff will take for each season. Did it seem daunting or terrifying? It seemed terrifying. <laughs> without question. All right. Well, everyone, be well. Mazel. Happies. We're grateful for all of you. Yep. But mostly grateful for the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus oh, Christ. Here he goes. Thank you. Oh, the the bright star that shine above the the stable that Mary and Joseph went to to have, and the three wise men. You being Linus? Disengage. <laughs>